When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Wednesday Buckeye Talk. We are saving the world, or at least saving the Big Ten, or maybe getting rid of the Big Ten. We are building the perfect football conference for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means from Cleveland.com. We have a uh, lots of really good texture answers. 614-350-3315. That's how you can participate in something like this. Nathan, was this fun? When I sent this out to the texters on Monday night, we are now recording this Tuesday afternoon for our big Wednesday pod. I said, this is your homework assignment. Did this feel like a homework assignment or did this feel like you got to play God a little bit? I don't know. I like playing God. No, no. I mean, everybody loves to, to write a little fan fiction once in a while. And that's kind of what this is in some ways. And I, I think it was fun also because it challenged me as to whether or not I really believed some things that I thought I believed. I had like some core principles that I jotted down at the start, like, well, this is what I think the Big Ten should be. And then as I started trying to actually put a league together that made sense, I think I compromised in some way on every single one of those principles, which is, I think, what you would have to do to make a modern league. Compromising on principles. I don't know if that's a better Buckeye Talk slogan or a better Big Ten slogan. Um, I think it's all around. It's just America in 2020. (laughs) This is what I hold true and dear to my heart. This is what I believe in my soul. This is how I go through life. My core bedrock principles. And then, you know, I started doing something. I just threw them away. Well, whatever. I don't know what to do. Steven, did you think this was difficult or not that, not that hard? Um, I thought it would be more difficult than it actually was, to be honest with you. And I found out the Big Ten is not as bad as maybe you would like to complain about it. Now, the, I mean, the teams at the bottom are, yes. But when you compare it to some of the other conferences, at least the way I tried to go about doing it is using somebody else as a template. They're not that far off. And if they would have added one or two other teams and minus two or, subtract two or, one or two other teams, they could actually be on par with some of the – well, with the SEC, that's the conference we're going to compare them to here. So, I, I do think that's why you do something like this, right? Yeah. You, you say, let's rebuild this from scratch. You can do anything you want. And then you do it. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, like, it kind of looks kind of the same of what it is. You know, it's not, yeah. as I said, listen, 
we have texter, we have a, a couple texter answers, but Nathan used the word fan fiction, right? That when I send it out to the texters, we're not really looking for fan fiction. It's like, if your answer is, I think Ohio State should be in a conference with Clemson, Alabama, Florida, Florida State, Texas, Oklahoma, USC, and Hawaii. It's like, well, that's fun, but I mean, it's not ever going to happen. You could say, well, I think yep. they should be in a conference with the Browns, the Bengals, and the Steelers, and it's not going to happen. So it's not that fun to talk about. So we were trying – people said, well, what do, like, what do you want here? Should, I, should you take other sports into consideration? Should you take this into consideration? And, and you can take anything you want into consideration. And you, but I, but I, I did think it was better if you allowed yourself to start from scratch – but then also, and Nathan, you asked this, I do think it's better if you realize there are still going to be other conferences, right? So if you say, well, I want Alabama is going to be an Ohio State's conference. It's, you also, I think it's better if you kind of answer, well, like, why would Alabama do that? Right, Nathan? I mean, you have to, to, to it's like, why you're going to put LSU in? Well, why, would, why is LSU going to, right? I mean, that makes it better if you think that way. Yeah, I think, and I wanted. We always have this problem with these <laughs> with these pods about like our parameters and stuff. So I wanted to make sure at the beginning that because if 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 like nobody had ever thought of the idea of a conference and everybody was just playing non-conference schedules, and then one day in 2020, people were like, "Wait a second, what if we like aligned and we all played each other all season?" Well, then maybe you would have a football-only conference that was all the very best schools in the nation. But I didn't. I didn't feel like that was the spirit of what we we're trying to do here. I think it's it's a it's a combination of reality but also how would we tweak reality to what we think are maximum enjoyment slash uh financial slash whatever would be I, I there are some answers in here that went big national under the idea of there there are tiers and that maybe there are conferences but there's like one tier one conference and then there's a tier two conference and then there's a tier three conference so you take the 14 best programs, 16 best programs, 12 best programs in the country, and you say you're one conference. And then there's a lot of people, not a lot, there's some people, whenever you do this conference thing, people like to get into relegation. Some people go that route. Well, you start off, okay, here's the top 16 teams. And then every year, the bottom two of that 16 fall out. The top two teams in tier two move up. And that's how you kind of create, like you allow conferences to grow and be a living thing but it's not geographical at all. And I don't think that's insane, right? That's a way because it's like, well, why would Alabama and LSU and USC do it? It's because it's not geography, it's tiers. But I did think we, you need to sort of prioritize what you care about. And I thought this was a good text answer that sort of explains some of that. From the 512, things I considered in order of importance, competition, with the SEC, meaning like you want to build a, a, a football conference that is, is as good as the SEC, potential TV revenue, recruiting, university tradition, location, loyalty to current conference, academics. I think that's a good list of what to consider that is important. Things I did not consider or care about. Feelings. We don't care about feelings. Buckeye talk. Again, you're, we're right there with you. Big 10 ties, basketball, and fencing. So like no minor sport. I didn't know, listen, we're a football podcast. You know, you, you got to play. Usually when you have the conferences, then, you know, not usually, then your other sports also play and those 
in that conference. So I get it. So this is what that person from the 512 came up with. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Miami, Florida State, West Virginia. So they're taking it. It's kind of rust belt, a little bit up into like you're getting out to Minnesota and Iowa, but then you're going sort of like east and south a little bit. You're pulling in a chunk of the ACC. And so I do think a lot of this is the, the Big Ten is interestingly situated that as you expand, one of the things you have to decide is which way are you going to go? Are you going east coast? Are you going southwest? Are you going further out into the plains? I mean, if you could make a case, you know, are you going, are you going south? There's a, there's a lot of ways you can choose to expand the Big Ten, which I do think makes it interesting. But as we think about things, so I like that texter from the 512. Stephen, as we think about things, how important is geography to you, Stephen? Right. I mean, and, and however you want to expand it, is geography a primary consideration when you did this? Yeah, it was in a way my one and only rule. Every single school has to be in a state that touches another Big Ten state. You have to touch at least one. And so I but I didn't expand towards the ACC. I went more towards the plains to try to keep it as much as in the Midwest as possible. But my only to the point is my only rule was if your school is not in a state that touches at least one other Big Ten state, I can't choose you. From the 610, geography is king because otherwise conferences don't mean anything. So I think that is an interesting point. This person's 14-team ideal Big Ten from the 610, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota. So that's 10 existing Big Ten schools. Then Notre Dame, Pitt, Cincinnati, Missouri. And what you're talking about, Stephen, that fits your criteria, right? Mm -hmm. So this person says, I'm upgrading at the private schools near Chicago. So they're swapping in. They're getting rid of Northwestern and bringing in Notre Dame as a private school. And I'm giving the West another marquee team. Pitt and Missouri are both in the actual Big Ten footprint, one on either end. And they have a history of being decent with a chance for a shade more. So it adds another good game without suddenly making the league unbearably difficult. Think of it as a happy medium between Maryland and Rutgers that Jim Delaney brought in and adding Alabama and Texas, for instance. I also think Pitt should play Penn State every year, and this forces it. Cincinnati is the wild card, creates a really interesting yearly game and gives an upgrade to Ohio football in general. Maybe it keeps kids at home instead of going to Kentucky or Michigan State. So I thought that was a smart, a smart conference. And the idea, Stephen cared about geography. When you hear, Nathan, someone say, geography is king. Is that a reasonable way to think about conferences in the modern college football landscape, or is that antiquated? It, it's still a reasonable thing to include. It's not as important as it used to be, but I think it is still a reasonable thing to include. When you look at conferences that have assembled with no regard to geography, where you have like, you know, Chicago State is in the same conference as, you know, um, Idaho or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you see those alignments, that's not the preferred, that's a, like a last ditch effort. That's like people who've been jettisoned or had nobody to align with just grasping for straws, somebody to, to be in a conference with for, for scheduling reasons. And I know we're not even talking about football at that point. I'm just saying like with any other, any other conference, even when there's been expansion, geography has been a thought in that process, right? The big 10 didn't jump over, um, Maryland to go all the way down to Georgia Tech. Like there was a process by which they sort of added people. And I think Steven's point about, you know, having kind of con a contiguous Big Ten, no matter how much it grows, 
made some sense. I think it, it becomes part of what the identity of your league is. If you're just spread out all over the place, I, I think that is somewhat counterproductive to what you're trying to do as far as creating a brand and identity, all that sort of thing. Uh like the biggest outlier, right, in the current conference model is that West Virginia is in the Big 12, right? That's like mm-hmm. a weird one. And somehow it feels like it, when you think about West Virginia now and sort of how they – it's really based about how they play. It's like because they had Dana Holgerson as their coach for a while. So it's like, oh, yeah, West Virginia's in the Big 12. They chuck it around. Like, right, because it feels like a cultural fit because they play like Texas Tech. But actually they're – I mean – I haven't looked at a map in like a. They're in. The, they're literally in between ACC and Big Ten country because Ohio and Virginia touch. So it doesn't make any sense geographically for them to be in the Big Twelve. But I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have any personal friends who are West Virginia fans. I don't know if West Virginia fans are hung up on that anymore. Of like every time it's like, my gosh, like if you're a West Virginia football fan, you cannot drive to a road game in your conference, right? It's like, oh, who we got this week? It's like, oh, we got Baylor. Oh, you want to drive to Baylor? Oh, who we got this week? I got Kansas State. You want to drive to Kansas State? That kind of sucks, right? That kind of, that's part of it. And I don't know. I mean, maybe we should have a West Virginia. Oh, it would have been a good idea. We should have planned this. Have on a West Virginia beat writer. Let me, hold on. Let me call a West Virginia beat writer. I'll be back in like 15 minutes. So I don't know, but like I, that to me on the surface, Stephen, that would, I don't know that that sounds like a great fan experience to me that my team is nowhere near anybody else in my conference. Yeah. It, it's impossible to travel well because, you know, so your team's always dealing with a, a magnitude of what home field advantage is. You, you don't have that little section in the corner that's cheering for you. And I mean, if I don't know how that affects recruiting when, you know, when you're a parent, like you can't, you know, go see your kid play all the time at, on a road game. I don't know how that affects things, but yeah, you're in the middle of, a, of two other conferences and you're in a conference that's nowhere near either near your state. No, I'm, that doesn't make any sense to me other than cultural fit, but that's more just an offensive scheme than it is, you know, that can change with the right coach involved. Right. If their coach was Mark D'Antonio, would that mean that yeah. West Virginia would no longer fit in the big 12? Cause Mark D'Antonio cares about playing defense. I, like that, there should be a little more to it, I think, than like style of play of the football team. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room as we talk about geography. From the 5-1-3, Maryland, Rutgers, and Nebraska get the boot. It just doesn't make sense. Add in Notre Dame, Kentucky, and Louisville makes more sense geographically and competitively. Plus, I'd love to get to kick Notre Dame's butt on a regular basis. Actually, there's several, several elephants in the room. But one that I want to talk about first is I, <laughs> there's like – there's almost nobody who sent in a perfect conference that has Rutgers in it. Nobody wants Rutgers. And if Rutgers was not in the Big Ten, and it was like, okay, build your perfect conference. If we were doing this 10 years ago, would anybody be saying, you know what? I have this. How about Rutgers to get the New York TV market? Would, would we be saying that? Or is that one of those things where like, one of you guys would come up with Rutgers. Hey, you bring in the New York audience. It's good for New Jersey recruiting for the rest of the conference. Demographically, from a recruiting standpoint, money, it all makes sense. And then I would say something like, that's stupid. What are you talking about? Rutgers is never going to be in the Big Ten. I can't believe you said that on this podcast. That feels like that's how that conversation would go. Because when you're starting from scratch, when you open your mind, when you think about every possibility in the world, 
the idea that Rutgers is actually one of the 14 teams in this conference, Nathan, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to most of the texters. I think if you go back 10 years, I think you almost could make a better argument. I think people might've been like, we would have sat down for an exercise like this and somebody would have been like, Hey guys, you know what would actually make a lot of sense? And maybe it wouldn't have been something that the other ones thought of immediately, but you would have been like, you know, there's a team that gets you the New York market. And guess what? They're winning. They're winning like eight, nine games a year. They won 11 games a couple years ago. They were, you know, a top 10 team. They were, they're going to bowl games every year and winning them. Like, I think you would have been, people would have been like, oh man, that's actually really smart. Like maybe Rutgers does fit because they're like an academic institution and they're technically this, the, the New Jersey state school, even though they don't have that name. And like, I think you would have been able easier to talk them into it then than you are now after you've seen just what an abject failure Rutgers football is in the big 10. But that's the thing. And that's, and that's the world that Jim Delaney was living in when he decided let's go after Rutgers. So are you excusing that? Like, like not excusing it, but. If we look back, honestly, like you said, when we look at it now, it sounds crazy. But actually, when you look back then, maybe it was more about there's potential there. They're pretty good where they are now. And that back then, let's remember maybe that you're saying, Nathan, it wasn't as crazy then as it seems now. Yeah, I mean, it it may make me a hypocrite because I also do not have Rutgers in my final list. But like I've been someone who's kind of defended that idea of adding Rutgers over the years just because I covered a a lower tier Big Ten program and saw what the added revenue has meant for them and the way that they've finally spent it. They weren't doing it at the time initially, but they have finally started spending the kind of money that was the whole point of bringing in Rutgers, right? That was the idea. Like we're going to go get a New York market team and that's supposed to equal X dollars and now – all the other schools get to use X dollars to make their program Y better. And that's, you're starting to see that. So I have defended it, but if I was making a team today or a conference today, I would not include Rutgers because uh, it doesn't look like they are ready to step up and be a big 10 football program. And I think someone with the resources and more importantly, I think the conviction to be a big 10 football program has to be a, a prerequisite for being in this conference. But also, I don't know how big of an issue this was when they were discussing it, but I mean, the Big Ten Network was in you know the early stages of its existence back then, so getting that New York market probably made a lot more sense for someone who was starting a network and started in 2006. So it probably made more sense back then. While now, with the Big Ten Network being what it is, I mean, Rutgers is not really contributing to it that much. Well, that was a big discussion then, and we're getting to the point where the idea of basing decisions about a conference on forcing people, people to get your network on their cable box seems like – well, you know, we, we, we decided to add this team to our conference because when people were riding their horse, they had to stop in this town to get their horse some hay and yeah. water. Yeah. You know, that like, yeah. that's, that's your re- cable boxes. <laughs> what are you talking about? That, that if, if that is a, was a driving thing um, for the long-term health of the league, that's going to feel, it already feels like that's not enough. Right, Nathan, that's mm-hmm. that's not enough of a reason to have done it. it yeah, I think the, the reasoning at the time, I would give Jim Delaney credit for the reasoning at the time of bringing in revenue. That's really what he was supposed to do in a lot of ways, and I think he did it. And I think there were other reasons why you would consider Rutgers to be a, a potential Big Ten fit, but it doesn't feel like a Big Ten fit when you go there. And I would say that the, de- the, the, the thing that you can criticize him maybe the most for is that he wasn't forward-thinking enough to maybe see what was going to come next technologically and maybe – how that has negated some of the benefit of adding a a, a team like Rutgers. You know, what is interesting about this now? And I have no idea how this works. Once you're in schools can leave, schools can choose to leave. Mm 
but you don't really kick teams out of a conference. And I don't know why Rutgers at this point would ever leave. Why would they ever choose to leave to go do what? So are you stuck with Rutgers for the next hundred years until New Jersey falls into the sea? Is that where well, they're, we they're are? About, yeah, cause they haven't yet fully vested on their, um, their share of the proceeds. I don't think, I mean, I think that's just now starting to happen. So now that you've got them fully financially vested, why would they leave there? There's not a lot of, you know, just for competitive reasons, you always talk yourself into when the money's coming in, I think you always talk yourself into, well, we can compete eventually. We just need breaks or whatever Bill Moose said the other day. When, once we get a break, we'll be able to compete. So I think that's probably where Rutgers is right now. Like they don't really have anywhere else to go. That wouldn't be a huge financial loss for them. That. There's a lot of things happening in the world right now. The idea of Rutgers being in the Big Ten for the next 100 years just really brought me down. That's what did it? That was, that was, the, that was my breaking point. I've been okay. I've been okay. The West Coast is on fire. It's a contentious political climate. There's like a hurricane every other day. But the idea of Rutgers in the Big Ten for 100 years broke me that was buckeye talk oh my god a hundred years you I, understand you're not going to be alive for the next hundred years yeah. right? there are going to be lame the rest of your life yeah they're going to be lame Reese's watching Rutgers in the big 10 think Don't about your grandchildren <laughs> i can't believe it okay here's the thing here's so i guess and we're not, Never going to get rid of them. <laughs> so they, so the thing was, so Northwestern was Rutgers. I mean, Northwestern in the 70s and 80s, I mean, was Rutgers. So the hope is you are near a big city. If you get a good coach, you get you recruiting together a little bit, you get a little more committed financially. You know, Northwestern's not hopeless anymore. They're, they're, they're certainly competitive for the last – I mean, since they went to the Rose Bowl in the mid-90s, this is like 25 years of pretty decent competitiveness from Northwestern that they just, they aren't going out and they're, go, they're not going over in the conference every year like they were for decades before that. So, Stephen, I guess that has to be the hope that they're not going anywhere. But you know what? I mean, nobody's irredeemable, right? That, that if Northwestern, Northwestern is as irredeemable as you could get in the Big Ten, mm -hmm. where they were, how different they are than almost every other school, the, the lack of emphasis on football, that they're a private institution, that it's just, it's just they're just different. They're not a big land-grant university. And we'll get into how many people, including us, have Northwestern in this conference if you were building it from scratch. But, Stephen, that has to be the hope, right, that they're not going to go anywhere, but that Rutgers sometime in the next 100 years will hit the right era and get it together a little bit. Give me some hope here. Yeah, they can actually, to some of those points you just named, they can strive to be better than what Northwestern is because they can put more of an emphasis on football and with the right coach. And you already, I mean, Ohio State's taking advantage of that in New Jersey area and other schools have as well. If you just start by keeping some of those kids home and work from there, you can strive to be more, because you're not, you know, the Big Ten is obviously put, has an emphasis on academics, but no one does it more than Northwestern does, including Rutgers. They don't do it as much as Northwestern does. So, you can be a little bit more lenient. And so you can strive to be more than Northwestern. If Northwestern can make a Big Ten championship game, then Rutgers can make a Big Ten championship game in the next 35 years. 
I don't know if they can make a Big Ten championship game, but there's no reason that Rutgers can't be Indiana. I'm not asking Rutgers to be Ohio yeah. State or Penn State, but there's no reason Rutgers can't be Indiana. You can, go, you can win six games and go to a bowl from the East and not be a, a national power. So um, that's, the, that's the problem people have with Indiana right now or with Rutgers right now is that they are well below even that level. From the 3-3-0, again, this is a common theme. You're building – you can do anything. Build a perfect conference for Ohio State. Do anything. This answer. This is easy for me. Keep the Big Ten teams except for Maryland and Rutgers. It's like, what would you do perfectly? It's perfect, except for these two newbies who stink. Trade them for Notre Dame and Pitt. Pitt goes in the East and restores one of the great rivalries with Penn State, and they play the last weekend of the year, too. Purdue slides into the East so their rivalry with Indiana doesn't have to be a protected crossover. Notre Dame goes in the West, but every year they're guaranteed to play at least one of their long rivals in Michigan, Michigan State, or Purdue. I love rivalry games, and adding Pitt and Penn State just brings more sizzle and tradition to the Big Ten. The Big Ten East keeps its three big three teams it has now, but is even deeper with Pitt as the fourth or fifth team. Notre Dame in the West makes that side much deeper and stronger and brings more of a national program to that side. The West lacks a true national program since Nebraska has declined and Notre Dame delivers the TV audiences like Ohio State does on the East side. This conference unequivocally could go toe-to-toe with the SEC in prestige and quality of football. So, that, that we're going to get into the other thing because, again, one of the common themes is boot Rutgers and one of the other common themes is get frickin' Notre Dame in this conference from the 419. Hear me out because this is very complicated. It's the Big Ten, but without Rutgers in Maryland. In all seriousness, it would have been perfect had Notre Dame joined with Penn State in the 90s and we leave it at 12 teams from there. A more natural fit than Nebraska with natural rivalries with Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue. Uh, from the 414, again, this is, this is going to take a little bit. This is a little complicated. Easy. Drop Rutgers and Maryland in all caps. That's it. That's the perfect conference. What you have minus the two newbies. Uh, Steven, I don't – if you're telling me – if you're telling me that that is your conference, a 12-team league, and I want to get into size here in a moment. I want to get into size, Buckeye talk. But a 12-team league without Maryland and Rutgers, and, like, that's a version of perfect, I'll listen to that. Will you listen to that, Stephen? That, that if someone presented that, it might be that simple? I mean, yeah, I'll listen to it, but then you have to explain to me who comes over to the East. Um, ah, we'll figure that out. That's not a problem. Uh, well, yeah, I'm just there, there's more steps that have to be taken there, but I'll listen to Purdue. the fact that, yes, Purdue comes over. Purdue comes yeah, over. It's just, a, it, yeah, but the initial idea of just throwing it out there on pen and paper of just get rid of the two teams at the bottom, yeah, I, I can, that works. I don't know if it, you know, helps you in the national landscape for what I, for what my plan was and how you should compare yourself to other conferences, i.e., the SEC, but at least, you know, you get the, the crud from under your feet. That was me. You called Rutgers of Maryland the crud under your feet. But that's where, that's, that's where this podcast is, is at right now. Um, one more on dropping Rutgers in Maryland. Simple answer. Drop Maryland and Rutgers and add Texas and Notre Dame. This is from the 216. Dream scenario. The Big Ten pairs with the MAC to create promotion and relegation like in European soccer. Top two MAC schools move up and bottom two Big Ten teams move down. Other conferences could do the same. The Pac-12 with the Mountain West, the Big 12 with Conference USA. Obviously, it's a logistical headache, but I think this adds a lot of drama and intrigue 
But I think if you can rewind to 2014 and add Notre Dame and Texas instead of Maryland and Rutgers, we'd be sitting pretty. I mean, that, that's a big difference, right? I mean, like Texas and Notre Dame instead of Maryland and Rutgers is a big difference. But it is. I mean, I don't want to live in the past too much, but it really is hard to go back and kind of believe. And, and I didn't love it. I, didn't, I covered all that realignment stuff and all the ifs and buts and candies and nuts was a little nut was a little crazy to me. Um, but Nathan, I mean, the idea of adding Notre Dame and Texas is no crazier than adding Rutgers and Maryland, right? I mean, if that would have been the answer in 2014, it's a little more logistically difficult because you've got to persuade Notre Dame, you've got to persuade Texas. But if that would have been the answers, I mean, Rutgers and Maryland kind of at the time was kind of crazy. So that's why I think, I mean, Rutgers and Maryland actually opens this whole discussion up to a lot of different things because the thing that actually happened was a thing that maybe there would have been a time when people would have thought that that idea was crazy. Yeah. Although I don't really see Notre Dame and Texas are, are two different, very, very different entities, obviously. So I think one being within the existing big 10 footprint and one with being outside of it, far outside of it would have really stretched where the conference is. I think that makes it a little bit different than if you were adding even Maryland or Rutgers, which were adjacent if not already in the existing footprint. So again, if geography is a, a, a calculation, but I, I see what you're saying that um, it, at the time it was an outside the box way of thinking. And it was, um, it was just two sides of the same coin almost like here's, here's two ways that we're going to have to pull out ge geographically, but it'll help us financially. And I think the Maryland and Rutgers approach is probably the path of least resistance in some ways. They weren't going to have to make compromises to those kinds of programs. In fact, they could get those programs to make compromises in order to come into the Big Ten, whereas the opposite probably would have been true with Notre Dame and Texas. The Texas scenario just makes Texas West Virginia and what West Virginia is in the Big 12 because it's not touching anything. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, you have to get past that. It depends how much you lean on geography. And again, here, from the 4-4-3, some people really lean on that. And I think it's very reasonable to do that. You do have to open your mind a little bit. Now, on the other hand, you know, from Nebraska to New Jersey is kind of a wide swath. So I understand yeah. that you can drive from Lincoln to Piscataway and drive through Big Ten. Actually, you can't because you got to – no, you got to go through Pennsylvania down into New Jersey. Yeah. You can, you can be, never leave a Big Ten state and drive from Nebraska to New Jersey. So I get that. But it's still a long, stinking way, right? So it's like it's geography, yes, and it's contiguous, yes, but there's kind of a big butt in there in that you could fit a big butt in between Lincoln and Piscataway. So the idea of, hey, Austin's too far away. I mean, I know what you're saying, but I also think there certainly is a, a, an alternate side to that geography argument. But a lot of people like the Midwest stuff here. From the 443, I like the Midwest-centric nature of the Big Ten. And I wish they'd have kept it that way during the last rounds of expansion. As I recall it, Missouri wanted to come in around the same time Nebraska came on board, but the Big Ten wasn't interested. They took Nebraska and then held off until they got Maryland and Rutgers. In my perfect, in my perfect conference, Missouri comes in with Rutgers. Excuse me. Missouri comes in with Nebraska, and then somehow Notre Dame was persuaded to get in. So again, that is giving you that Midwestern feel. From the 513. My fantasy Big Ten is the current 14, but you take out Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State, so you chop off the eastern side, and you add Notre Dame, Iowa State, and Cincinnati. Why? A true Midwest conference. That's Andrew from Cincinnati who wants a true Midwest conference. 
I don't know that I, I didn't get to every single, we got a lot of really good answers. I got to as many, I went through as many as I could. I didn't get to every single one. I'll get back to you, some of you texters individually on stuff you sent in. A lot of the things at the time people said Penn State hanging out there on the East, they wanted some Eastern rivals. Getting Maryland and Rutgers was a little bit of a nod to keeping Penn State happy. There is part of me, if you really are interested in a true, true Midwestern conference, and you were like, we're just not going there. We're just not going on the East Coast. There's a conference called the Atlantic Coast Conference. Let the ACC be a conference that extends to every major media market on the Eastern Seaboard, from Boston to Miami, which is what they are now, but let them have Maryland and the DC market and Rutgers and the supposed New York market. And you know what? If you have to, let them have Penn State. Because this is a Midwest conference. And if Penn State is like, we're kind of Midwesty, and I grew up in Pennsylvania, State College is more Midwesty than East Coast. I mean, obviously, Philadelphia is East Coast, but State College is not Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is not as super invested as what happens with Penn State football as Cleveland is invested in what happens with Ohio State football. So I do think Penn State has a Midwestern feel, but if the, if the price of keeping Penn State happy was Maryland and Rutgers, Nathan, would you have been willing to let Penn State go and focus your, the Midwestern energies of this conference on more schools like Missouri, Kentucky, Iowa State, Cincinnati, that a true Notre Dame, a true Midwestern feel? Or does Penn State have to stay part of whatever kind of conference you're building for Ohio State right now. Well, the only school that you just mentioned that I would trade Penn State heads up for would be Notre Dame. Those other schools don't bring enough from a football standpoint. I think the the, the opportunity to have Penn State in your conference and what it means potentially from a football standpoint, that at its peak, that is another major national football program that could get into an, potentially some kind of extended run of being a, a national championship type contender we've seen it and it's not that distant past and they're really not that far off of being able to claim that kind of status right now I think that is an important thing to keep especially if you're trying to balance this conference too Um, that I think you need that sort of you need somebody else to plausibly year in and year out challenge Ohio State there needs to be something else there and it's supposed to be Michigan but right now it's not I think you just gain so much from having Penn State in your league from a football standpoint so the question is and the question the direct question then for both of you is if these are the two scenarios, Penn State plus two East Coast schools, and maybe Rutgers and Maryland are the wrong East Coast schools, but you've got to grab two other schools to give Penn State more natural geographic rivals. That's the only way you keep Penn State. So your choice for this conference that Ohio State is part of is Penn State and two other schools out there or none of them. You just don't worry about any of them. Which would you pick? Steven, which would you pick? Penn State plus two or none of them? Because I think that might be the reality. Yeah. Um, the only way I would not go with the Penn State plus two option is if the other option 100% guaranteed me Notre Dame. Because in that very least, you have a Penn State level team, and then you can just maybe upgrade who the East Coast teams are with Midwest teams. But one option, I at least get Penn State. I don't know if I'm guaranteed Notre Dame, so you have to go with the Penn State option. That's a really good answer, and I also think that there are teams that you could add along with Penn State to give them some more rivalries that are not Maryland and Rutgers, yeah. and some, some of our texters have already mentioned them. So the idea is you understand making 
an East Coast foray in part to make Penn State happy, maybe they just picked the wrong teams. Yes, although yeah. wrong is is tough. I mean, again, it's 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 who was available. You know what I mean? Like, well, that I agree with that. Yeah, but wrong, also, wrong in our hypothetical is different than wrong in their reality at the time as to who could actually yeah. have plausibly been added. The ones that actually got added just ended up being the worst possible options to add, but they, those were the only ones you could add. So. No, that's not true. I mean, it's okay. not the only it's not the only ones they could have added. They could have added other people, and there's a lot of academic things and some other things that got tied up and stuff. Okay. The Big Ten's a big deal. If there are other people they could have said, you think if they would have said to Pitt, you want a comp, Pitt would have said no. I mean, come on. If the Big Ten yeah. wanted that to happen, if they wanted Pitt instead of Rutgers, they'd have Pitt. Pitt would not have said no. But there are other things at play. And I want to get into that just so briefly because I don't care about school. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I hate – there's <laughs> nothing more I hated in the realignment discussion than, than is the school a member of the AAU – Right, Nathan? What is that? The Academic Association of... Association of American Universities. Yeah. I mean, like some, I mean, are we talking about school or are we talking about football? I mean, the idea that, again, that's where we are in amateur sports in America, that like that kind of thing matters so much. We'll touch on that briefly, but we'll, so we'll do that when we come back, and then we'll, cut, we'll start with Stephen's proposal, and then we'll eventually get to Nathan's and eventually get to mine. We are building the perfect conference for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Is it a Big Ten? Is it something else? Do we want to come up with fancy names? Is it the Unicorn Conference? I don't know. We'll figure that out next on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk. So very quickly, I, I uh, did not think about academics. Here are the things that I, that I wrote down that I think do matter when, I'm, when you're doing an exercise like this. Geography, I get the size of your conference, which I want to get into at some point. In your ideal world, is it 10? Is it 12? Is it 14? Is it 16? Is it 20? How do you divide it up? And then the competition level. Do you want everybody to be great? I want to have some discussion on are teams that aren't as good at football and are never going to be as good still valuable members of a conference? Or do you want a slugfest every week? Do you want Ohio State in a 16-team conference where legitimately those other 15 teams, when they're good and they're going to be good at certain times, have a chance to beat Ohio State. Is that what you want? Or do you want a couple walkovers in your conference? Those things mattered to me. The academic component of this, I get it. And like the TV revenue and demographics and stuff, I get it. That made this feel like too much like homework. So I didn't think about it. Nathan, like did you think about academics when you were doing this i did and only because part of the realism factor for me is that it's not going to be three schmoes on a podcast that decide this it's going to be the, the x number of presidents from all these schools that decide it and i think that the presidents would be convinced by saying hey this could be an incredible conference and every single one of these schools is respected academically that you don't have to, you're not compromising this other identity that's actually more important to you than football. So I think you can get there. I, I think you can actually, you don't have to really compromise too much from an athletic standpoint, maybe with one exception on my list, we'll get to that. But it's, it might be, it also be a temporary thing um, with, and still be able to compile a conference that impresses people athletically. So I do think, I guess one of my questions is, why does who you decide to schedule in sports every year, why does that have to be linked to academics at all? Why can't you have the Big Ten of academics and you do all that kind of stuff? And then when you're doing sports, 
all you're doing is deciding who you're going to play every year. That's what that conference is. There's not a ton of other self stuff to it. Couldn't we think of it that way? Or do we have to, in this American system, link athletics and academics? Because in the words, student athlete, student comes first. But student athlete is a fake moniker. It is. No, I just, I just, I know that they like to abuse that statement. And I don't, I I agree with you 100%. I don't think it should matter. But why? But like, okay, I get that's the way it is. And I get that's how it's done. But we can't unlink it. Like we can never unlink it. Why? Why can't we unlink it? it? Would it be bad? Other than that, it's the way it's been. Would it be bad to completely unlink? Yes. The schools are made up of people who go to school at that college and then they play a sport. So that's, but why is the rest of it linked? Nathan, I just want, I want to, I want to cut the, cut the ties. Why can't we? I I think it's, I think you can, but I also see the virtue in pursuing it. I see the virtue in saying we're going to be what is the most respected collective academic group and the most respected athletic group. I think that is the goal that you're pursuing with a a concept like the big 10. And I think it can also be, it should be a recruiting tool for you. Also, you can say, Hey, we're going to go play. We're going to play in the national championship game. We're going to play in the playoffs. You guys can come here and still get there. And the degree that you get is going to mean more than the one you got somewhere else. I don't think that's a, I think that's a, a valuable thing. But why does it, how does it affect Ohio state's degree and how good of a degree you get, whether when you play football you're playing it against Rutgers or West Virginia. No, 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 no. How does I mean, that, that affect the degree? The, the, Ohio State, the Ohio State degree means what it is unto itself. Right. But, when you're, but, but every school in the conference can say, you're coming into what we have established now. If, if we've broken through, we feel like we're the best football conference in the country, and your degree means more than it does at what may be the, the schools that are now considered the best. But, in the but what do you mean by that? You think that having – you think the fact that – Ohio State is in an academically oriented Big Ten affects the value of the Ohio State degree because the Ohio State degree is the Ohio State degree. You just agreed to that. And then here's our football schedule. I don't understand why, why, having, why playing another good academic institute, institution on that football schedule has anything to do with the Ohio State degree. I'm not saying that I wasn't necessarily insinuating that that makes the Ohio State degree mean more. I was just saying that why not have that as your goal? Why not make that your goal as the league, that we're both this and this? Like, I don't think, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Why can't you say we're the best academic collection and the best football collection? Why isn't that a, a, a virtuous thing to pursue? Because Rutgers sucks at football. Who, it doesn't have to be Rutgers. But, but we eliminated in the process of this realignment there were schools that made complete sense from a football standpoint Pitt or West Virginia or some other schools that people said no you can't have them in the Big Ten because they don't fit academically and that's stupid to me you think that makes sense of like well Pitt and West Virginia in but they're literally geographically in between Ohio State and Penn State everything about them from a football standpoint and we're just trying to schedule freaking football games Okay, everything yeah, about saying. them matter. Everything fits from a football standpoint, but they can't be in our conference for academic reasons. We're just making a football schedule to compete yeah. for a football trophy and have good football games against teams that geographically and culturally are similar to you. Why do I care about their academics in that scenario? But doesn't academics fit into the culture? No, I'm talking about football. 
Yeah, what, you just mentioned culture. Be, you said you said you talked about athletic and cultural similarities. Like, does what? academics fit into? The if culture? I'm hearing, yeah, but, but if I'm hearing what Doug is saying, right, especially since we're using Rutgers as the example, the academics shouldn't be basically the, the tipping point in why you make decisions about scheduling a football. I'm talking about a sports conference. Who fits yeah. more culturally with Ohio State and Penn State from a sports standpoint? Pitt and West Virginia or Maryland and Rutgers? I, I believe Pitt and West Virginia. Okay. So or at least, at least Pitt. At least Pitt. They're on my let's, list. So let's get them in. But the reason they're not in is because of academics. That's what I'm saying is stupid. Pitt's so, in the AAU. So why? So who's not? But there are schools in the AA who are not in the AAU. I don't have a list of who's in and who's not in the AAU. Because I do. I don't care. But so point to point. I don't. Uh, we're getting bogged down on this. Is this interesting or not? Nebraska's not in AAU. Syracuse. I mean, we're, Syracuse. Got, we're kind How of about Syracuse? In circles at this point. It's... I just don't care about the AAU. Okay, let's get to this. Let's get to Stevens thing. The Stevens proposal. I will say, but let's tease him with this. Nathan, how many teams are in your perfect league that you designed? 14. Okay. Mine is 16 and mine is very weird. So I'm going to go last because it's going to take a little while to explain mine, but I'm excited about mine. Nathan, how excited are you about yours? How much do you like yours? I think mine at the end of the day is not that exciting. At one point I had some ideas that were going to be really far-fetched. Um, but I, and at the end of the day, I went with maybe a little bit more realistic of an approach. Okay. Steven, let's start with yours. How many teams are in yours? I had 14 as well. How many did you kick out from the current existing 14? Three. Three teams. So you kicked, kicked three it. out and you added yeah. three in. I did. All right. Who did you kick out? Maryland and Rutgers, obviously. And I also kicked out Northwestern from the West. Okay. Who did you add? I added Notre Dame in place of Northwestern in the West because then, I mean, it's the same school academically, but just a better football. And then I added Pittsburgh and I added, ugh, I lost my school. Where's my West Virginia. Sorry. I'm, I'm on a, I added Pittsburgh and West Virginia in the East. And so you have a 14 team league. Yes. Do you have two seven team divisions? I do. I kept them the same name, East and West. And it's still so, called the Big Ten. That was, I'm not doing all that. So it's just a replacement. You literally – it's just three replacements. Notre Dame yeah. for Northwestern, Pitt and West Virginia for Maryland and Rutgers. Why is this better than the actual Big Ten that Ohio State's in now? It, it's better one I, – I try to put it on par with what the SEC looks like. When everybody in the Big Ten in, in my list is healthy in football and playing at the level they should be playing at. Ohio State is clearly Alabama in that situation in the, in the West and then, well, East-West, but they're the Alabama. And then on the, the other side of their division, Notre Dame can be Georgia in the sense that, you know, those should be the schools who are competing on a national level. Alabama's clearly better than Georgia, but Georgia's made a playoff game. Notre Dame's made the playoff before. But at the end of the day, Alabama and Ohio State are still the top dogs in that conference. And then I went down, Penn State is the LA, could be the LSU of the Big Ten in the sense that if you actually look at their, look at their last five years before 2019 – Penn State was 45 and 21. LSU was 44 and 19. Literally, the, no, Penn State's won one Big Ten championship. LSU has not won a single one. None's been to the playoff, and they're both three and two in bowl games. The only difference is literally the 2019 season where LSU had one of the greatest seasons of all time. So if you take that away, I mean, LSU is what Penn State is in the Big Ten. And then Wisconsin is Florida. 
in that sense, a good team, but, I mean, they're not the best team in their conference. And then you go down the list. I mean, Michigan could be Auburn for the sake of Auburn's Alabama's rival and, you know, Michigan's Ohio State's rival. And Michigan should be, being, should be the Ohio State where Auburn is to Alabama. And in place of that, the, the real difference is, is just the fact that Notre Dame could be everything that Northwestern is academically while also being a higher caliber of a football program, which can, you know, at least when everybody is healthy, you know, they can be on par with the SEC, especially when after you get after those first initial two or three teams in each division, the SEC is not that good. Just like with the Big Ten, it's like there's teams where when they're good, they can have great moments, but for the most part, they're not that good. From the 614, Smokey Mango here. I'm generally fine with any conference that includes Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, and Penn State. That's the blue, bu- blue blood footprint of the conference. The other eight to 10 teams are just gravy, in my opinion. Steven, it, like, is that what we're getting to here? That it's pretty close. And the, the two main points that a lot of textures made is Rutgers and Maryland ain't it and get Notre Dame in here. And that's, you address those two primary issues. Mm-hmm. And if that's all you do, really, man, you really do kind of change a lot. But when you thought about this, Stephen, is do you, whatever you are doing when you are creating the perfect Ohio State Conference, it almost feels like it has to include Notre Dame. Is that what it yeah. felt like to you? I mean, yeah, they're right there in Big Ten country and in a world where you can't you can't subtract from what makes the Big Ten good. You just have to add what might be the missing piece to take it over the top to be the best conference in football. And that's probably a team like Notre Dame who is literally down the street from it's in Indiana, in South Bend, which is weird because South Bend is north. I don't know. So I don't know why it's called South Bend. But yeah, a school. It just makes too much sense for Notre Dame to be in the Big Ten. There's a lot of places in America that are in the south and named north and in the north and named south usually because of a road or somebody's shack. Yeah. An ox died at the turn in the road. Hey, yeah. the ox died at the south bend. Hey, what if we named this town Ox Died? No, 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 no. What if we named it South Bend? Because that's where the ox died at the south bend in the in the trail. Oh, that's much better. We could be living in ox Notre Dame could be an ox died Indiana. I actually like that much better. But that's probably why it's South Bend. It's literally as north as you can get in Indiana. Yeah, no, I know where it is. Uh, from, I mean, it's not, again, I mean, I, I, I can go through a list. I can go find 37 towns in Alabama named North something if you want me to. So, I mean, no, I, no, I, no. I would not stake your flag on South Bend is a stupid name because it's in the northern part of Indiana. From the 937, actually, um, all you need to do is take out Rutgers and put in Notre Dame from the 937. I recall you briefly, briefly alluding to Alex Kirshner's piece, uh, Alex Kirshner's piece, which is what I talked about last week, characterizing the Big Ten as a conference with an identity crisis. It wants to be both the Ivy League and the SEC. While he used that as a criticism, I agreed with you that it's something the Big Ten should be proud of and lean into, even though it costs them sometimes. The only institution that has that dual identity and fits geographically is Notre Dame. I imagine there will be plenty of people who want to suggest options such as Texas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, et cetera. Culturally though, they don't fit with us and we don't fit with them. That's not meant as a put down in either direction. Those differences are part of what makes following college sports fun. So this person is just saying it's, it's just all about Notre Dame. Nathan is, is in a lot of these different scenarios, how much is that really just part of it? That so much of it is about getting Notre Dame in the same conference as Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. 
Well, it just, like Steven says, it just makes too much sense. It's sitting right there in the middle of this footprint. And I think what it also allows you to do is because of their national draw, and you'd have to figure out some things from a TV contract standpoint, obviously, because they have their own thing. But as long as you can figure that out, then it kind of negates a little bit how desperately you have to try to go add some kind of metro area on the East Coast, right? You're still able to bring in something financially with one school that maybe is greater than if you're adding Rutgers, certainly, for instance. So how much should – this has been an issue a lot. I feel like the ACC has given away the farm in a lot of ways with Notre Dame, that they let Notre Dame be in the conference like in every sport except football, and then they said, well, we'll play whatever, four games a year against you, but you don't have to be in the conference. Notre Dame's not going to do anything unless it's on its own terms. How much should the Big Ten kiss Notre Dame's butt? And this is getting back out of the realm of of fantasy and getting back into reality – I feel like some of it, sometimes I think the Big Ten should go tell Notre Dame to take a hike. And like, listen, man, like we're fine without you. It makes total sense for you to be in with us, but we're not going to give you, we're not going to capitulate on everything to get you in here. But then I also feel like the Big Ten should say, you have two choices, Notre Dame. You can either be in our conference or none of our teams are ever playing you again. Now that would punish Michigan and Purdue and Michigan State, and some of the schools that have some traditional rivalries with Notre Dame, but cram at Notre Dame. So, Nathan, like how much if, – if we are feeling this, how, how much should the Big Ten sell out to get Notre Dame in, and how much should they maybe threaten Notre Dame with something like I proposed to get Notre Dame in? They shouldn't sell out, and that's probably why the reason why it maybe wouldn't happen. Maybe that's ultimately the stumbling block because I think you go to Notre Dame and you say, listen, there's a lot to gain from here. You get to play in what would maybe become the best conference in the country or what we could try to strive to be the best football conference in the country, and you get all of the Big Ten. You get to share in all the Big Ten revenue. Yes, you'd be adding a bunch, but that's something that everybody benefits from. It makes everybody better. You can make a lot of those arguments. What I would not do, though, is say, well, okay, but you can only play – you can just get away with playing five conference games a year because you still want to play Army or Navy or, or whatever. Um, sorry, you can add those as your part of your three non-conference games or however many they're playing at that point, but we're not going to just let you be a, a half member of the conference. You have to play – you get your nine conference games, and then you get to do what you want with your other three conference games. If you want those three non-conference games to be USC and two other really good teams, that's on you. But uh, we're not bending over backwards. Steven, would you, what do you think of the threat? What do you think if the Big Ten said nobody's allowed to play Notre Dame anymore? Would you, would you, do you think that would do anything to Notre Dame? And, or that would be, would, would, would it be potentially effective or would it be cutting off your nose to spite your face? And would Michigan and Purdue get mad? I mean, they might get mad, which might help your case in getting Notre Dame into the conference because it gets those two programs up in arms about the fact that not only is Notre Dame hurting the conference, they're hurting them. They're hurting two of their opponents. So using that type of threat could actually help you. I don't know. It, it hurts Purdue more to tell yeah. them they can't play Notre Dame. I mean, Purdue wants that gate every whatever they get it now, four years. I think they're back. They're back into a cycle where they're playing them. They haven't been playing them for a while. I mean, historically, that's been a, was an annual rival, but yeah, I mean, Purdue, Purdue, and 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 Michigan State, and whoever gets to play them, they want that gate every however many years. So I think it hurts them more than it hurts Notre Dame, telling them they can't play Big Ten teams. Notre Dame will find somebody that wants to play. So, do you think it'll ever happen? So again, we're trying to balance fantasy and reality here. Do you think in the next twenty years, Notre Dame will join the Big Ten, Stephen? 
Yeah. Or I don't I, know this. Yeah. I, I, I see it. I can see it happening. Because yeah. part of the issue is, A, will Notre Dame, Dame join a conference for football on a full-time basis? That was always if they would. Yeah. Now, with their ACC agreement, the question is, if they do do it, will it, would it be the Big Ten or would it be the ACC? So your vote is yes for the Big Ten. Nathan, 20 years from now, is Notre Dame still a football independent or are they a full-fledged member of a conference, and which one is it? I don't think they'll still be an independent. I think someone will make it lucrative enough for them to join, and I think the Big Ten's the only conference that could make it lucrative enough for them to join. Why would, the, why would Notre Dame, you know, do more for the ACC when it can already get away with this much? I mean, maybe because the ACC decided to, like, have some pride and not completely give in and be like, yeah. this, we're giving you a, t- a conference to play soccer and – do they play basketball fully in the ACC? They maybe. do, right? Soccer and basketball and, and... – they play basketball in the ACC? <laughs> no, no, no. I just didn't know if their agreement – Oh, you mean does Notre Dame. Notre Dame yeah. is a full basketball member of the ACC, yes. Yeah. Sorry, They're I misunderstood full... your question. <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah. Somebody in the ACC is good at basketball. I can't remember who. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but like that – so they get, they get to be – they get to play basketball against Duke and North Carolina and all the cool teams in the ACC as a full-fledged member, but then Duke and North Carolina, who aren't as good at football – as Notre Dame, they don't get to play football against Notre Dame as a full-fledged member. It's a, it's a, the ACC, in addition to sucking at football, has no pride. They just are like, well, we'll take whatever. I mean, it's like, I'm not, it's, it's a, it's a disgrace. So I think I agree with you. I could see that. I, I almost think the best way for Notre Dame to wind up in the big 10 is to suck at football again for a while. Like if Brian Kelly, whatever, when Brian Kelly's done, if the next coach they get in there, if they get another Jerry Faust and they're going like four and four and eight for a while, that's when the Big Ten should pounce, right? Because like as, as Notre Dame, if Notre Dame is prospering in the current setup financially and from a football standpoint, why would they change? But maybe if they get hit another irrelevant cycle, I tell them, I mean, like in the mid eight, in the eighties, my grandfather, when I growing up in Pennsylvania, my grandfather liked Notre Dame. And I was like, why would anyone like Notre Dame? They stink. I had no idea that like Notre Dame was good, right? I mean, like they were so putrid for a while there. If that happens again, that might be the Big Ten's best shot, I think. Or if there was some kind of a scandal or, you know, God forbid, or something that, that hurt their brand from that, that national TV contract standpoint, right? Where it wasn't so lucrative for them to remain an independent and kind of push other conferences around. If they had to you know, from a, from a financial standpoint, had to align themselves with the Big Ten, kind of forced into it. Let's get into some more good texture proposals from the 614. I feel like this question is actually somewhat simple. You keep nine of the current Big Ten teams. Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, Minnesota. You need Northwestern, Illinois, and Purdue because every good conference has their Vanderbilt or Rutgers. Although – Ironically, they didn't keep Rutgers, right. but they just, they're using Rutgers as a stand-in for bad football teams while actually getting rid of Rutgers. Then you add the obvious in Notre Dame. It immediately upgrades your conference. Then you go get Tennessee. I know it's not the greatest team because you reach a little further south and add a team that isn't dominant but isn't terrible. A good win on the schedule. Your final, so Tennessee, so Notre Dame is 10, Tennessee is 11. Your final three are going to cause a big ripple effect, but it's okay. You get Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Texas. 
Those three are two giants and a solid team. They immediately put your conference on an SEC level. The Big 12 may have some issues, but it feels like we are heading to four conferences anyway. I can't see any other teams that work, but maybe you could do a scenario if you don't get Texas and Oklahoma where you go get North Carolina, Clemson, and Boston College. It feels very similar and a major boost to the conference. Honestly, though, I like the Big Ten. Winning is fun, and I think it's a good conference, and most years it's on the cusp of being great. So I like that explanation. I like having people propose things, and I like that, like the conclusion of like, but I like the Big Ten. So that's a good thing to conclude. I want to get into this idea, though, because a, people went, a couple people went down this road from the 405. Uh, it's Carl from Oklahoma City. I'm thinking about more than just football. I'd like to see us blend with the Big 12. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame in one division. The second division is Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Major rivalries and nice television contracts, as well as basketball importance, too. So the idea of sort of just smushing the best of the Big Ten with the best of the Big 12 from the 9-1-2. I think a realistic conference will be to take the best teams out of the Big Ten and the Big 12. Add Notre Dame, and we have a great conference. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Purdue, Minnesota, Michigan State. Nebraska, Texas, Oklahoma, et cetera. Get rid of Maryland and Rutgers. Take the best of the Big Ten and the Big 12, add Notre Dame, and we can go against the SEC any day. Steven, that sort of general thought of smushing together, that if we think we're getting to a spot where we are going to have four super conferences, Andy Staples from The Athletic and formerly of SI dot com and sports illustrated he proposed that i think a long time ago i can remember reading that of like sort of the four team that if you if you have 64 power conference teams they have 65 right now with notre dame but right now they're split up in you know summer 12 summer 14 but if you wind up with four 16 team leagues it does maybe kind of make sense that there's a west coast league there's a south league there's like an east coast league that the acc would be and then you end up smushing together sort of the two Midwestern-ish leagues and that that's the, the final solution to this. Does that make sense to you that the Big Ten and Big 12 smushed together in some way could be a reasonable real-world solution to all this, Stephen? Yeah, you just call it the big league and then you worry about the number. And then in a world where, I mean, there's only four playoff spots, you just take the champion of each league. The West, whoever the champion in the West is, whoever the champion in the East, champion in the South, or the champion in the Midwest, and that's your playoff. I mean, it sounds reasonable, right, Nathan? I mean, like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of logic to that. I think there's some logistical hurdles to get to it, but I think there's a lot of logic to it. No, I, I think there is. I don't know that it would be so simple as the, the, the four champions making the playoff. I think there'd be a lot of uh, arguments about that in a given year if the, if the champion out west is, is two or three losses and the champion from the south is a one loss, you know, whatever, you can you – can, so I don't know if it'd be that simple, but as far as just like when it seems like that's where we're headed, right? That the things are just going to keep piecing themselves off and sagging out geographically. And uh, you'll see that my, my list included a little bit of, or at least a small kind of nod in that direction. I mean, I do think if we get to that point in college football, then we would have to get to the point where we realize that, that the, there's no guarantee that the playoff is the four best teams because that's the way it exists. It's, mm -hmm. There's no guarantee in the NBA that the last four teams alive in the playoffs are the four best teams. There's no guarantee in the NFL. You might have the NFC. No, but they all let in more teams to begin with to decide who's the best team. 
No, but but your regular season becomes a living playoff, right? That it's like, yeah. listen, you got. I mean, I I think there's a very reasonable way, and maybe if right, I mean, if you expand to eight or whatever. But I also think like a four 16 team conferences where decide your champ. However you decide it, decide your champ. Mm-hmm. The regular season is a playoff. Figure out your champ, and the four champs play for the whole thing. I mean, that makes total sense to me. Total sense. And if you get to a point where you let in eight and you let in you know, maybe then you let in the top two in each league or then you get into what, but listen, man, that's, that's how sports did it for a long time. You divide them up, you get the best team from each group. And then the, the best teams of each group, the, the champ of each group, not best team. There is a distinction a lot of times between a champion and a best team. And so college football was so screwed up for a while, but at some point winning has to matter that you won on the field. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Make a case. All right. Well, you look better during the year. Well, you had more talent. Did you win? Did you win the game to get the spot? The four champs are in our playoff. I don't care who the best teams were. I think it would be good maybe for college football to get to a point like that. Especially in a world where each league has 16 teams and you had to fight through that. If you're playing, I mean, you're playing 11 of those, uh, you're playing 12 of those 16 every single year. You had to fight through that to get a championship. Yeah. If you win, you should get in. And then it, it does get to a lot of points of – now, the one thing that would do is, like, uh, make the non-conference not matter that much, right? Because it, all yeah. it matters is winning your conference games, and that's how you get in. But then a lot of the inequity of, like, well, how many conference games do you play and what you're not – it wouldn't matter. It's like, figure out your champ. Let us know who your champ is, and they have an automatic spot, and that's it. Um, I think they're – can- Go ahead. It could make non-conference football better if 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 they don't all if all of a sudden that doesn't really matter as far as your postseason advancement. What hindrance is there to go um, scheduling even better teams every year? Yeah, there wouldn't be necessarily an inducement because you're not trying to win the game to impress anybody, but you're just playing because it's fun to play football against good teams from other places that you don't get to play all that much, and that's it. I I think there could be there's there's good and bad to it, but I, I think it really could make things quite obvious which might be good from the 859 here's a good a good proposal it's the big 10 with tweaks oh no this person went back to leaders and legends as division names i was going to say it's like hey in the course of this let's make sure we name things and whatever and then i was like well that's stupid steven was kind of saying i don't care what the names are right or whatever except the first time the big 10 tried to do this all anybody cared about was how stupid the division names were so it's like who cares what the names are oh except the whole world cared when they were pompous, stupid names. So this person went back to leaders and legends, leaders division, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Northwestern, Indiana, Illinois, Maryland. So that's all teams. That's eight teams that are currently in the Big Ten. Legends, Texas, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Nebraska, Purdue, Iowa, Minnesota. So that is adding uh, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Texas, and who else did they add? I think they might have duplicated somebody because they didn't add. They only added three. Oh, no. How many are there right now? There's 14 Big Ten teams. So they 14. needed. Yeah. So, oh, they kicked somebody out. They added three and kicked out somebody. Uh, they kicked out records. So they added Texas, Notre Dame, and Cincinnati. Evens out the division dynamics while keeping Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State in the same division. You get rid of the fantasy East West regional BS, put Notre Dame in where it belongs as well. Sneaky addition, up and comer Cincinnati. So it's a 16-team league, Texas, Notre Dame, Cincinnati in, Rutgers out. Nathan, what do you think of that proposal? Yeah, I don't know about teams like, like Cincinnati being a fit for the Big Ten. 
Um, I, I think you need to reach a little bit higher than that. I, I don't know that they're really at that level yet across the board from an athletic standpoint. I don't know that they really add anything to your conference from a revenue standpoint yet. Um, so I, I reached a little bit higher on, on who I was thinking about adding. We will get into that. That is an interesting point that I perhaps disagree with. What do you think of that proposal specifically, Nathan? Texas, Notre Dame, Cincinnati in, Rutgers out. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, I said Nathan. Steven. Steven, you what did, did you think? Yes. Sorry. Steven, I'm what do you fine. think? Yeah. I'm fine with it. I mean, first of all, who didn't kick Rutgers out? That's a better question at this point. But yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I, 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 I will have a problem with Texas just because. It's so far down into Big 12 country that, I, I mean, I can, from a competitive standpoint, I get it. But from a logistical standpoint, that just seems so far. And Nebraska is already, I think, the furthest. You should push that. From the 614, here's my idea. 10-team Big 10 with the original members except swapping out Illinois and Purdue for Nebraska and Penn State. Tradition-rich programs, eliminating the Maryland's and Rutgers of the world. No need to go crazy and create a super conference by adding Texas or Bama, et cetera. 10 teams who theoretically could be all good or competitive at the same time. High-profile coaches littered throughout the conference, good recruiting and tradition out the wazoo, except for maybe Northwestern, but even they have been respectable and they have a dynamic coach. So again, that's that we're going back. They're, they're keeping the first two expansion members of the Big Ten, which are Penn State and Nebraska, and then they're getting rid of Illinois and Purdue. But the thing that interests me the most about this proposal is that it's 10. What about the idea, almost everybody's growing. The only reason conferences shrink is if teams leave and they don't have a choice. What about a nice, tight, 10-team Big Ten, and then you play a nine-game conference schedule and you play everybody every year? And you don't have to have divisions. And you maybe don't even need a, a championship game. But if you wanted to have a championship game, I guess you could just have first and second place play against each other. We didn't get a ton of proposals about a 10-team league. Nathan, what do you think of it? I think, again, at the end of the day, money is a huge factor here. And the money that you have from a championship game and the, the, the rights for that, and then also just the money that you do have still, I, I think as much as we made jokes about it earlier, uh, the TV package and, and what you can do with the Big Ten Network are still factors. So if you're going to keep it to 10, it's got to be a really productive 10 from a financial standpoint. What is the perfect number? And I think we said what, what each of us had you're not going to go lower than 10, 10, 12, 14, 16. I, I mean, I think I've seen, I don't know that anybody of, of our texters that I saw said a 20 team league. Cause then you're really, you're, that's really just two leagues that you decided to call one conference, but it's really not one conference. Um, is 16 the perfect number? Is there something about 14 that actually makes sense? Is there a perfect number or depending who it is, are you guys malleable on the numbers? Steven, you wound up with a 14-team league. Is that because you like 14 as the number? Or is it just based on who you decided to add and take out that you wind up on 14? Or did you say to yourself, I want a 14-team league? No, I wanted a 14-team league. I think with 10, to Nathan's point, yeah, everybody has to be quality. You can't have – you know, a Vanderbilt level team or a Rutgers level team or Illinois level team. Everybody has to be a quality team because it's just less opponents to choose from. I like a situation where it's football. You're not supposed to play everybody every single year. Even in the NFL, you don't play everybody every single year. I like the idea of, you know, you have a, yeah, you have a permanent crossover, but then everybody else you kind of rotate with, but you also have 
this feeling of you won your division to get to a conference championship game rather than just whoever the best two teams are who already played each other playing each other again. Let's remember that the Big Ten was named the Big Ten because they had 10 teams for a long time. Well, yeah, and I know. And the Big, the Big 12 was called the Big 12 because of that. And then for some ironic well, the Big reason, 12 was the, the Big 12 was the Big 8 for a long and time. And the Big 6. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like – the Big Ten has been the Big Ten for a long time. Um, the Pac-12 used to be the Pac-8. I mean, we lived in the world. I'm not saying we're supposed to go backwards, but let's not pretend that we didn't live in a, for a long time in a oh, world yeah. where conferences were smaller. So, I, I mean, progress, I get it. You tear down trees and you build parking lots. I'm all in favor of progress. Everybody is against progress except when they want it in there. Everybody wants the exact amount of progress that, like, builds their new house. But then when someone says, there's a lot of people in the suburbs who live in a house at a place that was a farm field or a forest like 10 years ago. And so then people live in their house and then someone says, hey, we're going to tear down that tree over there to build a new house. And then people say, well, what are you doing? How dare you tear down a tree to build a house? And it's like, listen, man, if we didn't tear down a tree to build a house for you, you'd be living in a forest right now. So everybody wants the progress that fits them. So I'm not anti-progress, but also, I, you know, it's not like you, you said, well, if we're going to have a 10 team league, everyone's got to be quality. The big Northwestern sucked for decades and they were in the big 10 and the big 10 lived. And I mean, everybody called the big two in the little eight. So I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there, Nathan. And I want to get to your, I want to get to your scenario now. Your number, how important was the number of teams when you were creating your scenario? Did you think to yourself, I want to find a perfect number of teams first and then build around it? Or did you just think about who should be in it and then that decided how many teams you wound up at? Well, it was kind of both. I think my initial draft of this, I may have only had 12. And then when I started to look at the balance of a number of things and then also just who that meant that I was excluding and whether or not I needed maybe think outside the box in a couple of cases, I decided to go to 14. So uh, I think that's actually really the sweet spot, either 12 or 14. I, I think once you get a whole lot bigger than that, you start pushing out of your identity as a league. And I do think that there, I don't think that's completely nebulous. I think there is something to be said for both the geographical and academic and everything else collective identity that the big 10 tries to sell. All right, drop it on us. How many of the, you have 14 teams, same size right. as the current league. How many teams did you kick out from the current Big Ten? The same three that Steven kicked out. Northwestern, Rutgers, and Maryland, gone. Correct. All right, who did you add? Thought I'd be alone in that. So, so, so one of, the, like I said, I changed every principle that I started with. At first I was like, well, really let's, you know, let's get rid of Northwestern and it should just all be public schools. But then Notre Dame is just sitting right there and it's too, it's too lucrative to pass up. Like, I think you have to find a way, if you can find a way to get Notre Dame into this league, it helps balance East and West from a football standpoint. It is a, is a big financial draw from the national TV package. So Notre Dame goes in my West. Um, I, I thought at the beginning that you should, there should only be kind of within the existing big 10 footprint that you should try to keep it tight. But once I decided that I was going to keep Nebraska and I wasn't always convinced I was going to keep Nebraska, but once I decided to keep Nebraska, I thought, is there someone else that would be a logical rival with Nebraska that will bring something either from a football competition and in this case, that was not the answer for right now or a financial consideration where it made sense to add them. So I brought in Kansas and they will be another team from the West. 
And then I wanted, uh, I had also said that it should be state flagship universities as much as possible, um, rather than someplace far-fetched from else in the conference. But I thought that adding another school to pair with Penn State made sense. I thought a way that you could kind of lock down the entire state of Ohio or Pennsylvania, someone that would also be another rival for Ohio State and maybe push them a little bit uh, from a recruiting standpoint over time. Who knows? But uh, so Pitt was the other team I added from the East. So that's my 14. Take those three out, add Notre Dame, add Kansas, add Pitt. How much better do you think that would be than the actual current Big Ten? Are we making a big jump here, adding Pitt, Kansas, and Notre Dame instead of Maryland, Rutgers, and Northwestern? I think that's a, that's a huge difference from a, from a football standpoint. You're taking out uh, – if you're just adding Notre Dame, regardless of who you're taking out almost, as long as you're keeping those base programs, right? I mean, if you're swapping Notre Dame and Rutgers in this example – that speaks for itself. Like from a football competitive standpoint, it's huge. And I will say football is obviously, I think the number one most important thing, but in all of those three schools I added, you're, you're also adding very relevant men's basketball programs. In the case of Kansas, you're adding a flagship national blue blood men's basketball program. I don't think that can be completely dismissed. I don't think it should be the first priority, but I think it's, it's not unimportant in this consideration. I remember writing a story during realignment where I focused on Kansas and, and it was the sort of the basketball argument, argument of Kansas and why Kansas does make, um, does make a lot of sense. Kansas, in case people don't know it, right under Nebraska. Yeah. Geographically. Yep. It's almost like now, Nebraska is sitting on Kansas. Now, well, they, they almost literally are right now in football, though. Everybody's sitting on Kansas. And that was the one thing that I had some hesitation here. Kansas might be the worst FCS program in the country or FBS country in a program in the country right now. They're miserable, but it hasn't been that long ago that they were a factor. They, they were doing some good things in football, not that long ago. And I think it's something that's attainable for them. Um, but I also think that you can't, that can't, that can't be the only thing here. There has to be if any, any conference alignment that only took football competition into consideration. And you're, so you're throwing out Illinois and Purdue and anybody that's not, a, a nine win team every year. I think you're missing out on a big part of the tradition of college football, which is those schools kind of know their place. And it is a big, it has to mean something when one of those teams can upset one of the national powers. I think that's all just sort of part of the college football mix. Steven, what do you think of Nathan's plan? I, I like the pit addition, especially when you look at, I mean, the hotbed that is Pennsylvania recruiting right now in 2021 and how, you know, Penn state hasn't been able to take advantage of that. Maybe Pitt take some of those away from Ohio State, you know, maybe Kyle McCourt's Pitt's next quarterback or maybe Marvin Harrison Jr.'s their next wide receiver. So it does out of recruiting. I, I would just like to say that nobody in Pennsylvania gives two craps about Pittsburgh. But so maybe Terrell Pryor would have gone to Pitt. Philadelphia is not in Pennsylvania. So uh, I just want to I just want to make that example. Philadelphia is not in Pennsylvania when it comes to like these kind of considerations. Western Pennsylvania football Maybe Julian Fleming would have gone to Pitt, right, if, if not Penn State. It gives those Western Pennsylvania kids. Kyle McCord's not going to Pitt if he can go to Ohio State. Continue. I was going to say, there's also kind of a, a, a geographic thread here that I was trying to make, which is you've got the industrial Northwest or North, industrial Midwest, and I think Notre Dame fits into still that, even though it's a private school and a, and a different – if you've ever been to South Bend, you know that it fits right in with Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Detroit and all those kind of places. Like, it's that's what it, it's, its original identity was. And then you already have schools on the outside of the Big Ten, like a, a Minnesota or an Iowa, that aren't really that identity, but they're still very Midwest. And I think when you start talking about Nebraska and Kansas – 
it, it keeps that identity. It kind of fortifies the Western edge of the conference. And with Pitt, Pitt obviously fact falls right along in with kind of that industrial Midwest identity. So you, it's, it, I think there's still a common thread that, that ties all of those schools together. Steven, from a basketball standpoint, how big of a deal do you think it would be to get a program like Kansas in the Big Ten? And, and do you right. think Nathan took that into account? How much should something like that be taken into account? It should be, especially when the other side of it, when their football program is so bad, you have to add something. You know, you have to have value to this conference, and it's not going to do it on the football field, but it's going to clearly do it on the basketball court because, I mean, there's not a lot of one and duns coming into the Big Ten on a yearly basis, but Kansas seems to get them, you know, every so often. So at least there's one program getting that. But also, I mean, that makes the Michigan State-Kansas game pretty interesting every year because now you've got two Hall of Fame coaches going up against each other. Kansas cheated, Kansas right? isn't going to – They cheated. Eh. self-cheated i mean kansas isn't going to rise to the ohio state penn state level anytime soon in football but i also think there's no reason to think they're going to be an abomination forever they're going to be <laughs> okay. just like a lot of these other big 10 schools okay. like hold, in illinois let's hold, hold on a second let's hold on a second the most comparable college football program to Rutgers right now is kansas and everything you said about kansas well you know what they suck right now but a couple years ago they were pretty good applies to Rutgers. I mean, Kansas, there is an absolute Rutgers crap show scenario when you add Kansas to the Big Ten. From a football standpoint, and Les Miles is from Elyria, Ohio guy, you are absolutely opening the door on a, on a football program coming into this league that five, eight, ten years from now, people will be saying, what in God's name did we do? These guys are an embarrassment. They don't care about football. They don't know how to win at football. They have no hope at football. And now we're stuck with them. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm not saying I disagree with your, with your ideal scenario here. But, man, if we hate Rutgers, nope. there's more high school football players in New Jersey than there are in Kansas. That, that's fair to say. And I will say I, I thought of that, too, at the time. But I also think that when you go to Rutgers right now, it just doesn't feel like the Big Ten. I think Kansas can feel like the Big Ten in time. And I don't know that Rutgers ever will. And I think also Kansas, while you are giving up New York City market, you're adding Kansas City. That's obviously not the same, but you're at least adding another kind of metro area from a um, just, again, kind of spreading into other big Midwestern cities. I agree that they feel more like the Big Ten, but they also might really suck at football. And I just, it's like part of this, the reason we're doing this exercise is because a lot of Ohio State fans are frustrated with the Big Ten, with the way things unfolded in the last month. A lot of Ohio State football fans are frustrated with, are there other, are there a lot of teams in this conference that Ohio State is part of that don't value football the way Ohio State does? That's why we're doing this. And I'm right. not saying that should be the overriding principle that guides everybody's decisions, but I don't know if people at Kansas and the University of Kansas give two hoots about football. They That's fair. Don't. I will say there were other they scenarios too, though, where I thought about like, well, okay, because I was only adding like one more team in the West along with Notre Dame. So like, well, would you just, just add Texas? Does that make sense to bring them in just by themselves with no other without Oklahoma or whatever else, or just adding Oklahoma, I suppose. I couldn't figure out a way that I thought that that made sense. And similarly out East, I didn't find a way to bring in like just North Carolina or just, I guess, Clemson, if you're being really, fanciful like I didn't see a way to bring in just one of those programs so Kansas is the one that I ended up with I thought they made more sense than Missouri um, just because they add more from uh, other standpoints I know that they're down in football right now but Missouri is not amazing in football you've already got the St. Louis market more or less with Illinois positioned where it is I thought Kansas made more sense 
I think Missouri might make more. I mean, like Missouri, Illinois, I think would be a good rivalry. I mean, Missouri adds to the St. Louis market. I mean, you really lock that in. You still geographically, I mean, it's it, Missouri makes even probably a little bit more sense geographically than Kansas does, although it's close. It's close. Uh, I, I mean, from a football standpoint, I think Missouri might be a significant step ahead of Kansas potentially and what they can be as a football program. Uh, and I think you could get them. So, you know, if you're leaning on the basketball component, clearly that's a big plus for Kansas. But I think Missouri, as a football program, would probably be a significant, a significant upgrade to me over Kansas. Stephen, what do you say? Yeah, I was going to say that. I think while Kansas adds a lot with the basketball component, they add absolutely nothing with the football component. And Missouri is clearly not as good as Kansas is basketball-wise, but they're decent enough along with they're just a step up from what Kansas is football-wise that they might be a better fit in both where they're not Rutgers of the conference in either sport. So, Nathan, one of the things, and Stephen, obviously, you've made this point, and, and I get it, that, that you want to be able to have everybody touching. Buckeye talk. Everybody's touching. Kansas touches Nebraska. Kansas is in between Oklahoma and Nebraska. If, for instance, you know, Iowa sits right on top of Missouri and shares a, Missouri also shares a huge border with Illinois. Like, Missouri is more Big Tenny than Nebraska is. If you added Kansas – and you have Nebraska and Iowa, you actually have a Missouri-sized cutout when you would look at a Big Ten footprint then. Mm-hmm. When you thought about, Nathan, when you thought about Kansas, but like you didn't go to Oklahoma, is it just because Kansas touches Nebraska and, Nebraska and Oklahoma doesn't touch Nebraska? Or was it the basketball component? I'm just trying to figure out again. And, and I, I think there's a lot of good arguments here, but how important was that geographical aspect that you know, Nebraska, Kansas is just that much closer to the Big Ten than Oklahoma is in, in choosing maybe between two schools like that. Well, I, I kind of alluded to this before, though. I don't, I don't know that you can just take Oklahoma without taking Texas and Oklahoma State, or at least also taking one of those two schools. And that, that was the thing. Like, I couldn't make that fit. Uh, you'd have had to expand even more, and I didn't really – in my mind, that wasn't going to make sense. I thought it made more sense to kind of keep it tighter than that, just adding Kansas. I think if you – I mean, you guys disagree with that. Like, if you, you couldn't just add Texas or Oklahoma. That seemed to be an actual real-world consideration yeah. back at the time. If you wanted Texas, you had to take Oklahoma. <laughs> Maybe – although it's like, well, what about Texas A&M? But then Texas and Texas A&M split up anyway. But, like, if, if, you, if you take Texas, you might have to take Oklahoma. If you take Oklahoma, you might have to take Oklahoma State. And now all of a sudden, like you're talking about, Nathan, now it's a three-pack. But Kansas is quite a rivalry with Missouri. That's split up because of realignment. And Kansas and Kansas State, you're taking Kansas without taking Kansas State. So there are schools where it feels like it can feel like in the moment, if you take one, you've got to take the other. But then they split up. And so it's like, well, I mean, I know what you're saying, but you're, you're splitting up Kansas and Kansas State that are two state schools that are in the same conference right now. Sometimes it feels like you've got to do that. And then when it happens and it, they, it's, they're not a, a package deal and Texas and Texas A&M are now in, this, in separate conferences and Missouri and Kansas are now in separate conferences. It's like maybe teams aren't as packaged as we think sometimes. I think that maybe Texas I, Oklahoma one might be just because they have that, that Red River rivalry every year. So that's just a non-conference game that they would just automatically have embedded into their schedule. But also, I mean, the state of Texas having three power five conferences in one state, I don't know if any other state has that. Because you would have the SEC, the Big 12, and Big 10 all in one area. I mean, you know what was great, awesome rivalries? Texas or or Oklahoma and Nebraska. Colorado and Nebraska. I mean, again, it's like we can pretend, oh, you can't 
you know, I mean, I'm just telling you, it's, yeah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't try to protect rivalries and protect keeping culturally relevant schools associated with each other in the same conference, except we've seen it blown up. We've seen it blown up. So now Nebraska's rivalry is with Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota. They, they, they had rivalries. They had the Colorado and Oklahoma and what the, was huge. So I don't know. Um, I like it, Nathan. I like it. I don't completely agree with every part of it, but I think it's a very reasonable. And I think both of you in the things that I think the average fan and what we would care about, it's better than what it is. Right. I think mm-hmm. you both improved it. Um, let's get, Can a we little... talk real quick before you do yours though. Yeah. I just want to, everybody's kicking out Northwestern and we haven't really talked about that about why everybody's kicking out Northwestern. And, and for me, I guess it was, it was as much that I just feel like they don't, this, this concept, you don't need Northwestern to have, the, to have Chicago in the Big Ten. I think Illinois reach into Chicago is yeah. huge. The Wisconsin reach into Chicago is huge. And if you're adding Notre Dame, their reach into Chicago is huge. And Northwestern doesn't add a lot. But also in a world, I mean, Big Ten does care about academics. It's, you're replacing it with a school who also cares as much about academics and is better at football. So it's not that big of a deal to lose Northwestern in this situation. Yeah, they just they are not a fit in so many different ways. It is very easy to cut them out. As we talked about on the Tears podcast, I mean, listen, they're they're solidly middle of the pack in the Big Ten in the last decade. So, like, it's not only about football relevancy, like, right this second. Um, you can just get, I think, rid of them, though. And I will say, I'll tease a little bit of mine. I also got rid of them. As a Northwestern grad, I got rid of Northwestern. You know what would really – pump up the level of the Mac. If Northwestern, oh, that's exactly where yeah. I thought they should go. Yeah. Northwestern and Rutgers were in the Mac. The Mac gets much more interesting right now. And I think it might be better for Northwestern. I mean, of course they would never choose it, but I don't think it's a death sentence for Northwest Northwestern and Rutgers to be more in a conference like that than in a conference like the Big Ten. And I know Northwestern just built their huge practice facility on the lake. And I know Pat Fitzgerald is wanted by every college program out there. And I know that Northwestern has won double-digit games. I get it. I know. But it's just a, in a lot of other ways. I just think there are maybe better fits. Or maybe you come up with a whole different kind of there's – there's a lot of places where you could go where it's almost like a – it's like a, a B-level Big Ten. That's a little better than the Mac, but you thin out some of the bottom of the Big Ten, and all of a sudden you get, you know, if you got like Rutgers and UMass and Connecticut and some schools like that, and then you had like Northwestern and Northern Illinois and Toledo and some of the schools like that, I think you could smush together like a pretty good 12, 14, 16 team league that could be a lot of fun and just allow those programs to maybe fit in a little bit better. So um, I want to run through. We'll get to mine. Mine is complicated and we got to get to it because then we got to get out of here. I do want to get into a couple of these like big time crazy leagues that again are a little fan fictiony, but are do are coming from, I think a reasonable place from the four one nine relegation style. The top 14 teams are in division one and so on. All games would be competitive. No conference bias. The conference would look something like this. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Florida, Penn State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Texas, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Oregon, Texas A&M. Every year, the bottom four drop down and a, a drop down a conference and the top four move up. Imagine all the insane matchups with this format. So you can quibble a little bit. It's like, well, you don't have USC in here and you don't have, but if it's just like, 
almost like the top 14 teams in the final AP poll or a conference the next year. And then teams 15 through 28 are another conference, that kind of thing. That's the proposal here. If that's where we're going and it's like, get on a freaking plane and it's football only, maybe you can establish sturdy regular conferences for basketball and every other sport. This is only a football deal. I mean, if that's where you're going, you just have to flip your thinking. Steven, not completely crazy to me. Yeah, it's almost similar to the one we heard earlier where there's these constantly, you know, evolving conferences and fluid conferences. I don't hate it. If it's, if it's just for football, I don't hate it. I kind of like it because it keeps, it keeps the top tier competitive at all times. And so, you know, you, I don't want to say you, you – it just keeps that competitive and interesting every single year because you're always – if you're kind of in the, you know, the second tier but you're at the top of it, you, you are constantly fighting – to work your way up. And as you're at the bottom of the first year, you're constantly fighting to keep your spot. It's, it's a very, I mean, it's just the people who love relegation never stop talking about it. And there have been enough. I mean, you can, you could do nothing but read for a week, just Google college football relegation. And when we were doing, I mean, when the real alignment stuff was really happening, every, every bleacher report and SB nation writer in the world was doing their relegation proposal. And I'm not saying that. I mean, it's just like the people who are thinking kind of big picture stuff and kind of just like making stuff up to write about. And I'm not doing that. I'm so, I like those kind of things. I think those kind of sites, especially back during that time, did a lot of good stuff on that. You can drive yourself nuts with it. So you're either into it or you're not. Here's from the 727. They call this the Legends Conference. North, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan, Notre Dame, Nebraska. This is a 10-team league. South, Texas, Alabama, Miami, USC, Virginia Tech. Just like not messing around. And again, we can quibble, well, why did you put in Virginia Tech and you didn't put in Clemson or whatever? I get it. But like just not messing around. Ten teams, north, south, you play the other nine every year. Again, on some level, Nathan, I respect it. I suppose. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Those are the ten I would pick if I could only pick ten. But man, um, is that but the idea? That the but the thing? idea. But would that be the best thing for Ohio State? Do you think that that's that kind of alignment is in the best interest of Ohio State football long term? Well, that's what I want to talk about. I do think that's an important point. Is the best conference for Ohio State one where every week they're playing an awesome team, or is it good to have a couple Purdue's and Maryland's and Rutgers and Northwestern sprinkled? sprinkle, you know, and maybe Rutgers is a bridge too far. Not that bad, not Rutgers, not Kansas bad, but like a couple tier five or tier six, we're like, listen, man, maybe they beat you like once every 10 years, but you're going in on that Saturday. You're looking at your schedule when it comes out. When Ohio State looks at its schedule when it comes out, Nathan, is it better to think, oh my God, every week is a grind or is it better for Ohio State to have one, two, three weeks with conference teams where they look at it and say, that's a W. Well, I, th I think it, it doesn't really matter what's good or not. It, it, it comes down to whether, I mean, if, in this proposal, there would have to be a different playoff structure, right? No, no team is going to go join a league like that where they then have to qualify for the no, playoff. No, no, I, I know. Think. So let's get away from that. We gave that 727 proposal a good – I'm talking about theoretically now when you're building the perfect conference – However you build it, do you want a couple easy games in your conference or do you want to grind every week? What's better off for Ohio State if they're building the perfect conference, what would they want from a football standpoint? And you're only playing 10 games or nine games or whatever, because that's the other part. You can fill, you can go get those games in the non-conference and then just right, play I'm talking your conference. conference. You're playing an eight, nine or 10 conference game schedule. And actually I think part of it is 
to me, if you feel like you're getting a couple easy ones in your conference, then maybe you don't have to seek out as many easy ones in the non-conference. So Nathan, answer, what do you want? Do you want a couple gimmies among your conference brethren or no? Do you want, we want a great, awesome 12 team, 14 team conference where everybody's great at football. I like a geographical alignment and, and alignment in other ways. And there's no way to do that without probably just naturally having some of those games. So that's what I would prefer. I don't, I don't like this, the, the super conference spread across the country idea. But beyond that, beyond the idea that they are in there, is that good in itself? Yes, it's good to have a yes, couple conference gimmies. Yes, it's, it's good. It's not necessarily that they're conference gimmies. It's that I think it's good for college football when those teams upset the good teams sometimes. But, uh, but for Ohio State, they're gimmies. I mean, listen, man, Indiana is not upsetting Ohio State. They're not. Maryland, I mean, they're just not. Rutgers is not upset. They're gim- for Ohio State at this level, I mean, we can pretend. I mean, Vanderbilt's not upsetting Alabama. I mean, it's not happening. Kentucky's not upsetting Alabama. They're, they're, Alabama is beating them every single year. And yes, point to the one in 50 years, but it's not happening once every 10 years. And so the question is, is that somehow still good? Purdue, or I mean, Purdue's a bad example. Indiana, Purdue and Iowa both did it. Maryland almost did it. This is just in the last three years. I mean, yeah. go back, go back. We've read it on this podcast. Go back and read to me Ohio State's record against the mediocre teams in this conference. It's like 35 and two. I mean, I get it. I get it. I get the, and Purdue's nuts. We've talked about the Purdue is, is, but Purdue's an out is, is weird. Go read to me their record against a lot of these other programs where they kick their butt every single year. Steven, where are you on this? Are a couple gimmies in the conference good or bad for Ohio state? They're good. There should be a healthy balance of you should maybe have one or two conference games on your schedule where, you know, it's going to be a fight and it's going to be a competitive game. And that's all equally, you know, playoff level team. But then you should also have games where it should be over by halftime. That's a, that's a healthy conference. That's how it should, the SEC is like that. As much as we like to – some people like to hype it up, it's exactly like that, and that's considered the best conference in football. So, yes, you should have a healthy balance of both on your schedule. All right, so we talked about a Big 12 mashup. This person mashed up the SEC and the Big 10, kind of, from the 3-3-6. It's sort of a mashup of mostly Big 10 and SEC with some sprinklings of the Big 12 and the American. The Heartland Division – no, it's the Heartland Conference. Excuse me. This is the Heartland Conference. There is a six-team North Division and a six-team South Division. The North, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Ohio State. The South, Alabama, Auburn, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Memphis, West Virginia. So it's amalgamation of a, of a couple different things. We didn't get into it a lot. And again, I think some grounding in reality is, is, makes it more interesting Nathan, is there just any world to you where with any grounding in reality, you could get Alabama and Ohio State in the same conference? No. Steven, like not even any discussion? Ew. No. It was, a, it was a struggle just to get them to play each other. So if you took – so listen, talking about states sitting on each other, Kentucky's in the SEC. Ohio sits on Kentucky. If the SEC said, listen, we're going from the Gulf of Mexico to the Great Lakes, and we're talking about, Stephen, you want them to be able to drive through stuff. You want to be able to drive continuously in your conference yeah. through all the states. Missouri's in the SEC now. You go, you're going one state north to pull Ohio State into the SEC. We said Ohio State is like an SEC team of the north. And again, I don't want to make it a huge academic discussion, but in terms of football mattering, 
you're telling me that if the SEC went to 16 teams and they're trying to add two and they came to Ohio State and said, listen, man, we think like you. Why are you playing Minnesota? Why are Minnesota and Iowa and Nebraska and Wisconsin any more connected to you than Kentucky and Tennessee and Georgia and Florida and Alabama? I get it. You know how far it is from New Jersey to Nebraska? You can drive. You can drive from Ohio to Mississippi and Mississippi State and Georgia and Alabama and LSU and Florida. Let's do this. The, and that's a hard I, – I forget the academic stuff. I, that's, I, don't, I don't care about academics in this discussion. That's a hard no. That's a hard dismissed from the get-go. Hang up the phone and don't even think about it. No. From Ohio State. Nathan, hang up the phone or you think about it. I guess it, I hadn't thought of it from that angle. If it was just the SEC trying to poach Ohio State alone, I, I suppose that's plausible. I just don't know that Ohio State would see that in its – ultimate benefit to leave the big 10 behind to that extent. I think you have a five minute conversation just for the sake of saying you had the conversation, but it's a no. Why? <sighs> other than tradition, That's... give me a reason other than tradition that it's a hard no. And you play Michigan and the non-conference every year and you make an agreement. They have a bunch of agreements down there, South Carolina and Clemson and non-conference yeah. to end the year. You can figure it out. Hey, SEC, we'll come. Our last game every year is against Michigan. Hey, Michigan, we're leaving, but we're playing you, right? Yeah, 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 we're playing you. That's a non-conference game every year. That's the number one thing keeping you in. You're so beholden to Minnesota and Iowa that you're turning your back on Alabama and Georgia because it's so much more of a cultural fit. 11 teams in your league didn't want to play this year. You know who wanted to play? Everybody in the SEC. Who cares about football as much as Ohio State in this conference? Who cares about football as much as Ohio State and the current Big Ten? I'd argue nobody, but maybe your answer is two or three teams. How many teams in the SEC right now care about football as much as Ohio State? Bama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Tennessee sucks. They still care. You're telling me that the conversation doesn't last more than five minutes? The, the problem is you only have to look at you – you should only be looking at it from a football standpoint to, to have any longer than a five-minute conversation about that. And you can't do that. You can't just have it be strictly about who cares more about football. But why is the other stuff undoable? What's, what's, what's irrational about the rest of it that's holding you back? I don't know that there's any one other thing, but I think it's just it's – a, it's a – collection of all the other in, other factors, whether that's academics, whether that's culture, whether that's geography. I think all of those things together start to pile up. Any one of them isn't a deal breaker, but when they all pile up that way, I think it becomes a deal breaker. I think, you know, at the end of the day too, I think there's something to be said for Ohio State to be the flagship, to be the, this is, they are the king of the North. I think that has real value. I think that you can still have, they've shown they can still be nationally, not just relevant, but they can be a national champion in football without having to come out of the SEC to do it. And even in the plans we've provided here, they're still the Kings within their conference. They're not that they're not the head honcho if they go into the SEC anymore. They're just, it, no matter how we, the way we propose this, they're still maybe the big fish in the small pond. They're just another small fish in a pond. You are drunk. SEC. That is, in, that is incredibly Not even, wrong. Okay, they are, they are on this. Listen, they are no hey, different than Alabama. Who is the kid? 
I mean, like, who is the king? Do, do you want me to edit out the thing you just said? Do you if Ohio want, do State? You, if Ohio State, do you want to be the king? Do you want to be the the unrivaled king in the conference you are in right now, even in the plan we've already provided, or do you want to be, you know, one B? Do you want to be the co-king? Do you want to be the co-king? Yeah. Do you want to be co-king? Yeah. Do you want to be co-king, or do you just want to be the outright king? You're acting like like they're going to be a small fish in a big pond. No, that's where you were headed. You want me to edit out the thing you said that was irrational? Do you want to be the king? Zero sense. Do you want to be the king or the co-king? I think you want to be the king. That's the argument. Be the king of what? Be the king of Rutgers? Be the king of 11 to 3 voting against a play? Or do you want to be the co-king in a place that they care about football as much as you? I'm just saying the conversation is longer than five minutes. If it's a five-minute conversation, it's because you can't open your mind to the possibility. You want to drive. All right. I've solved the driving. You can drive. You can drive all the way through the conference. It's connected. Culturally, what does cultural mean? Again, let's get away. I mean, the, the, the hoity-toity Big Ten academic stuff. Let's just be realistic about what sports is and what academics is. Let's cut those strings that don't make a whole lot of sense anyway. And let's talk about playing this game that everybody's so fired up about. And tell me that if you're splitting the SEC into two eight-team leagues and Alabama's the king of one division and Ohio State's the king of the other division – Ohio State's the king of the Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. You get some stuff. I mean, you got to move some stuff around. They're better than Georgia. They're better than LSU on a consistent basis. It's longer than a five-minute conversation. Or you're you selling cut- Ohio State short if you think they can't roll with those guys. You can cut those strings from an academic, cultural, whatever standpoint if you want to. But the people who actually make this decision, that's going to be what they're going to make the decision on. That's why it's not going to get any traction. Because of hoity-toity academic stuff. Which I'm saying is, can we get to a world where we're playing football and we're not tied up with this stuff? It's the football conference. That's all stuff would be. That's how I think it's more interesting to talk about. Why we're tied up on the other stuff. And I don't, we don't have to have that argument again. But that's, that's mainly where you are, right? Nathan, you're saying presidents would never go for it. Correct. Let's make a sports league. Can we make a sports league? Because they don't think of it as just a sports league. That's the whole point. But, and the whole point that I'm saying is, it's time for that to change. And that's stupid and that's not what it's about anymore. Can't we just play sports? You think that's stupid? You think we should continue for the next 100 years to tie college sports to college academics through whatever this Teddy Roosevelt kind of stuff is? You think that's really the st- best path forward? I, again, I think everything that Ohio State wants is attainable through the, the Big Ten model, through the Big Ten concept. It's not being held back from a national football standpoint. They still have, they have the number one recruiting class in the country. They're getting five-star guys. They're getting Heisman Trophy finalists. They're, they've won Heisman trophies. They've won national championships. I know they're not doing it as much as Alabama but they're, and, and, and Clemson right now, but there may be other factors involved with that that we've talked about before as far as geography and stuff like that. And I don't know if just, just putting Ohio State in the SEC, I don't know if solves that. So I, I think that everything Ohio State wants is attainable through the, the model it has right now, and it gets to have all the other things that are important to some people at Ohio State and are important to other people in the Big Ten. Ohio State left out as a conference champ two consecutive years. Joining the SEC helps or hurts Ohio State's recruiting? Right now? Uh, I don't. Long term, now and in the future. Helps or hurts? You're a kid in Georgia or Florida, and now you're playing for Ohio State, which is in the SEC. You think it helps or hurts? That helps. Talk, it helps. So yeah. high states can get better. Okay. It's longer than a five-minute conversation. I know it sounds crazy. They get better and play again and play a tougher schedule. I think that some of that, right. there's a balance there too. 
And a lot of, I mean, and people in the Big Ten, I mean, Ohio State fans, some of them are sick of playing Rutgers and Maryland and Purdue and Indiana and people that they kick their butts seven weeks that, out of the so year. So do you think this is what should happen? Do you think Ohio State should go to the SEC? I'm saying that the idea that if this emerged and the SEC called and we could get rid of the academic mumbo jumbo, I don't think it's crazy. I think Ohio State would think would should think about it. I think to dismiss it out of hand because it sounds weird is short-sighted. And if you're talking about demographics and if you're being selfish about Ohio State, I think going to New York and New Jersey and Washington DC to solve your demographic problems because of the the geographic population shift in the United States to the south, I don't think that solves anything. You know where there's a bunch of talent and there's a bunch of people? The south. So you want to be a great sustained football power? You think you're going to you think the football where's the power? So you can be the king of the north, which is fine. Or you can go where the action is and say to yourself, we're as good as anybody down there and we're going to get better. I'm just saying it's more than a five-minute conversation. It's not my scenario. I'm not advocating it for it in the real world. I'm saying if you open your mind to it, it might make a lot more sense than you, you initially think. We got to get out of here, but I got to give you my plan. It's complicated as all get out. Next on Buckeye Talk. All right, I'm going to have to run through this because this was supposed to be like a half-hour segment just on my plan because it's weird. It's based on a pod system, and the pod system that was actually written about during realignment, okay? Do you guys remember this at all? There was an idea floated, and I didn't look it up. I just know that it was out there, that you create a 16-team league with four pods. So that's what this is about. Nathan, you're nodding your head. Does this sound vaguely familiar to you? Vaguely, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the idea with the four pods is that in your pod, at least in my world, in your pod, you're in with three teams, and they're always with you. And then you rotate through, and basically each year you create two divisions by smushing two of the pods together. But the divisions change every year. And you rotate with who you're smushed with. So for a division title, you're competing with three of the same teams and four different teams every year. But it is a way in a 16-team conference for you to continually stay connected to everybody because you're constantly rotating. And in this schedule, you are in – the team in your pod, the other three teams, you play them every year. I have a nine-game conference schedule. Three of them every year are against the other three teams in your pod. There's 12 other teams then in the rest of the league, okay? Right? It's a 16-team league. You and three in your pod, that's four. There's 12 other teams. Your six other conference games are against half the league, okay? So in a six-year cycle, you're playing your pod every year, and you're playing the other 12 teams three out of six years. It's not exactly every other year because you've got to do some conjuring. But the idea is you're never completely disconnected from, from anybody. In every six-year cycle, you're playing every other team three times. Here are my pods. There's an Eastern pod. Penn State, Virginia Tech, Pitt, and West Virginia. Tight football cohesion, geographic cohesion. It solves a lot of the Penn State problems with having some Eastern schools, and it gets rid of Rutgers and Maryland. So I asked you guys at the beginning, who are you kicking out? I'm kicking out Rutgers, Maryland, and Northwestern. We were all united on that. That all of our perfect scenarios kicks out the same three teams. I don't know if those three teams should be worried or not. So I'm adding five teams because I kicked out three, and I'm going from 14 to 16. Pod one, Penn State, Virginia Tech, Pitt, West Virginia. Pod two, 
Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State. It's now an Ohio-Michigan pod. So the three teams that Ohio State would play every year are Cincinnati, Michigan State, and Michigan. Also in this pod system, the way I group teams, all the really important rivalries are already protected. So there's no protected crossover rivalries. Pod three, this is a little light. Notre Dame, Illinois, Indiana, and then either Purdue or Northwestern as the fourth team. I originally kicked out Northwestern and kept Purdue, but then I was thinking, why does Purdue get to stay? So I would hear an argument for keep Northwestern instead of Purdue. That pod is a little light. Notre Dame is going to dominate that pod, but I'm not sure there's a way around it. Pod four, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota. They all four fit together. They're all each other's four rivals. So that's my pod system. You get, again, you get the rotating divisional thing. So the teams that I have added are Notre Dame, Cincinnati, West Virginia, Pitt, and Virginia Tech. And I've kicked out Northwestern, Maryland, and Rutgers. Nathan, it's pod-like, but I think, I think from a scheduling standpoint, it keeps everybody connected. It keeps Ohio State and Michigan together. I like bringing in a second Ohio team. I know you had some issues maybe about Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati would rise to the occasion. I think a pod that's two Michigan teams and two Ohio teams would be fun and interesting. There's a lot of, there's a lot of states in the Big Ten footprint that have two schools in, right? Why doesn't Ohio have two schools? I'm not getting caught up on whatever any kind of academic stuff. I think Cincinnati would rise to the occasion. What do you think generally of my plan? Yeah, I guess if you're if you're committed to the pods, I don't know who you would potentially add there because you couldn't – if you're also adding Pitt and West Virginia, those have to go with Penn State. So I don't know who else you could plausibly bring in unless you were leaving off Cincinnati and you were bringing up another state university like a Kentucky, like a Tennessee, like somebody like that, Louisville. I, I thought about that. I mean, I, when, when I thought about Kentucky instead of Cincinnati. Do you think Kentucky's better than Cincinnati in a scenario like this or in any scenario? Um, state school, uh, it touches yeah. you, right? I they mean, would be, they would be the team that I would add. They would be my first choice, but I also don't know if it makes sense for Kentucky to do that. Kentucky, it makes much more sense probably for them to stay in the SEC. Steven, what do you think of my pod plan? It's not as complicated as you tried to make. I, I have a question about what we kind of got into it a little bit with the adding another Ohio team into it and you, you talk Cincinnati a little bit. I don't, I think I agree with Nathan. I don't think Cincinnati is quite to that level yet to be like a big 10, a power five school yet. So if you want to just, I mean, if you wanted to get into that for the last, you know, five minutes of this podcast here, I mean, what, why Cincinnati, why, why does Ohio need to have another team within this scenario? And this would be a football only conference. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I mean, I guess not. I mean, I think it's football driven, but I don't think it's football only. Because um, I think that's the other thing is like, is Cincinnati ready to be a power five school across the board? I don't know that. I mean, basketball, they can compete. They've been competing with Ohio State for the last two seasons. So I, sure. But I mean, are they less ready than Rutgers was? Maybe just in terms of, I mean, there's, there's other things that just make you a power five school in terms of mm-hmm. sports offered and all that stuff. I don't know where they stand on that. I honestly don't. I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing it out there as a consideration. I think the idea of a second, if we're expanding the Big Ten, I think the idea, I mean, Ohio matters. Ohio State's the most important athletic program in the Big Ten. And in a scenario like this, we're adding a second Pennsylvania school with Pitt. Indiana's going to have three schools when we're adding Notre Dame. 
Maybe, or maybe we decide to kick out Purdue instead of Northwestern. Illinois still has two schools. I mean, people have floated. I didn't include Iowa State. People have floated. There's a, you know, a texter says at Iowa State. Why does Ohio only have one? I, like, I don't, I mean, not that that's not my number one consideration, but I just think for as important as Ohio is, I think Cincinnati, and I don't know the specifics because I wasn't going to do actual research for this. So your points, Nathan, about can they be a power five program? I, I, I don't know specifically, but Louisville and Rutgers and some of these other schools made the jump. If Louisville can be in the ACC, I'm not sure why Cincinnati can't be in the Big Ten. I think that's a very reasonable comparison. And so I don't – it's not like it's well, never happened before. No, but one thing holding them back is the presence of Ohio State. Who, who should that hold back? Who would like this less? Ohio State would not like Cincinnati being in the Big Ten or Cincinnati would not want to join a conference that Ohio State's in? I think Cincinnati – because I mean, Ohio State's such a cost, such a shadow when they already dominate the state in recruiting. If you have to, not only do you not get some of the best talent in your own state, but now you have to play the best talent in your own state every year because it's in your conference. I don't know how Cincinnati benefits from that. They get a lot of times the guys Ohio State doesn't doesn't want. While with Michigan and Michigan State, they're usually, you know, splitting that. Well, I know how Cincinnati benefits. They benefit with a big fat check. But I, I don't know if it makes sense for them competitively. Did it make sense for Rutgers competitively? And they jumped, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that Cincinnati stepping up is much different than the way a lot of other programs, not a lot, but some other programs have stepped up when given the opportunity. So, and how does it, how does it make Cincinnati's think, recruiting worse? Cincinnati's but, but, not beating Ohio State for anybody right now. I'm not, right. That's, would they beat anybody at Ohio State for anybody if they were in the Big Ten? But they're I not ever, in Ohio. They're not ever going to beat anybody. They're not ever going to beat Ohio State for anybody. But that's my point. That's my point. It's an irrelevant point. It's irrelevant. To the point of competitiveness, no, it is. But if you're Cincinnati in the Big Ten, you don't think you might start beating Kentucky and Michigan State for some Ohio kids because now you're in the Big Ten instead of the American? You don't think Cincinnati in the Big Ten would increase Cincinnati's recruiting. You don't think they would get better players by being in the Big Ten. You think they'd get yes, worse Yes, I think players. they would, but that should have happened for Rutgers too. You keep bringing up Rutgers as the reason why the Cincinnati thing could work, and I think that's probably not the argument you want to make, the same as me talking about – Kansas making a jump is not the argument you want to make either. And I know Cincinnati's better right now, but that's the point you're making. So was Rutgers, and they are certainly they could not hold that standard when brought up into the Big Ten. Ohio State and other schools are rating New Jersey's best talent. Cincinnati is already losing the best kids in Ohio to Ohio State. That's, that's true no matter what. But now you're increasing Cincinnati's profile. So the second-tier kids in Ohio, I think you increase Cincinnati's chances of getting – kids like that, whereas right now they might lose some of those kids. That's who they're trying to get. They might lose some of those kids to Michigan State or Illinois or Kentucky who are Power 5 programs. I think the idea that, like, well, they're never going to compete with Ohio State in recruiting, it's like, well, yes, doesn't, that's true no matter where they are. I don't, I don't think that's an argument either way. I, I see where you're going with it. I just I think I would aim higher. I think there's, there's programs out there that maybe have a ceiling that, that Cincinnati doesn't have. I think, it, like, for instance, a Kentucky, a state school like that might have a ceiling that, Kentucky, that, that Cincinnati doesn't have and doesn't have the, the complications of going head-to-head with Ohio State. So there's no – is there any positive to having two Ohio schools in the Big Ten? Sure. But they don't outweigh – 
the idea that you think you could get somebody better. Yeah. Than Cincinnati. I think, I think you could get someone better than Cincinnati, but it doesn't, it doesn't fit as beautifully with what you're trying to do. I don't, I don't, I don't discourage what you're trying to do. I think that that concept of the Michigan Ohio pod makes sense. And, and you might be right about Cincinnati. I'm just saying as I stands right now, I have, I have hesitations about it. Nathan, did you add Pitt in your scenario? Yes. Steven, did you add Pitt in your scenario? I did. Why is Pitt make sense for the big 10 and Cincinnati doesn't? Is it just because Pitt's already in the ACC? Yeah, I just feel yeah, like Pitt is an established Power Five program that has, and I think historically has accomplished more than Cincinnati has. But the, the established Power Five po- program is a major part of it. The Cincinnati thing is, is a tough thing to gauge, though. I mean, yes, they've had, they've made strides, they've been doing really good things, but they haven't been doing it in a way where they've had to go up against Power Five conferences to do it. So that gives me some hesitation as to how real their success really is. I don't think that's an, un, an, an, an outlandish thing to say. It's not outlandish. I just don't know. I mean, other, yes, Pitt's in the ACC and Cincinnati's in the American. Otherwise, I feel like they're practically exactly the same. They're the secondary program in kind of a secondary major city in a state with an established power that would be a great rivalry. And they're probably not going to ever beat that team in recruiting. But you guys slid in Pitt without a second thought and you're really pushing back hard against Cincinnati. And it feels like the only reason is because Pitt's in the ACC. Cincinnati feels like Northwestern to me. Cincinnati feels exactly like Pitt to me. So I, I just think um, feels like Northwestern. I mean, I think the Rutgers argument I think is, is if it feels like Rutgers, then I think that could be an issue. Um, but Kansas also feels like Rutgers. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, we all went pretty geographic. None of us landed on Texas as a big, as a big solution. We all wanted Notre Dame. Um, I think it's interesting. It's interesting that we all kind of wound up in basically the same area. With a great wide world, if you could do anything, we all kind of wound up in the same place, which is kick out the same three schools, add Notre Dame, and stay Midwestern. Which means I just think we're kind of traditional dudes, you know? None of us really wanted to add Texas or Clemson or whatever. So, um, all right. I think it also means the central concept of the Big Ten is not flawed. No, I think that's right. I do think, yeah. and, and I think the issue, the, the thing that I didn't like about the, the Eastern expansion is the big, is felt like the Big Ten was trying to like say, well, what we are is not enough and we want to be something that we're not. And if you want to be something that you're not, pick up every, pick up every campus and move it to Texas, move it South. It's like, you are what you are. You're in the Midwest. I don't think like going to New York city solves anything, but I do think keeping it culturally Midwest, um, and expanding a little bit and adding Notre Dame makes a lot of sense. All right, we got to go. We have a meeting we have to go to. That's our new world for the Big Ten or whatever you want to call it. If you guys want to like be a tech subscriber and get in, sorry, we did, I think there's a lot of tech subscriber things I grabbed. I didn't get to all of them. I apologize for that. We just have too much good, good stuff from you guys. 614-350-3315. That's how you can join. $3.99 a month, but you get a 14-day free trial to try it out. Interviews are starting with football players. We're going to start talking to Ohio State football players and assistants. So we're going to start pumping out more actual football content instead of this made-up stuff like making up a conference. So now's a great time to join. Drop some podcast reviews at Apple Podcasts. Read cleveland.com slash OSU. Thanks to you guys for listening. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>